What's going on, everyone? Andre Scamboa here. Episode 204 of the Ponytails Podcast. My gosh, we are moving along. Thank you for being here. If this is your first episode, let me tell you a little bit about what it is. If it's not, you're going to have to deal with this again. It's just a minute, so you know, feel free to skip ahead, but come on now. It's not that, it's not that long. We interview people who sold books door-to-door with a company called Southwestern Advantage, who's been recruiting college kids since 1868 to go and do this program in a different part of the country from where they're going to college. So during the college summers, students from all over the country and the world, actually European students mainly, will come and get a bunch of sales training, go sell these educational materials to help families with homework. And they're going to be doing this for 80 hours a week. Straight commission. Usually without a place to live. Uh, So, of course, as you can imagine, some crazy stories will come out of that experience. And yes, they're still doing it this year. Like, it's amazing. Myself and our guests have all done this program. That's what makes us kind of want to have this conversation. And we usually don't even know the person that we're talking to, nor do we research them. The whole idea is to... Uh, showcase the connection that can be made from an experience like this and just sharing that experience. No different than my guest today, Kate Dollard is going to be with us on the show. And honestly, guys, I'm fucking excited. Uh, We are already talking a little bit behind the scenes before we started recording and uh, that connection started already coming through. So I'm excited to do this. Uh, We also don't get uh, that many people from Asia or like some Asian people. I don't know. I, well, actually, I'm excited to find out if she's actually from Asia or she just has Asian ethnicity and heritage. But that's whole part of the program. But we don't get that many people from the Asian heritage to come and talk on the show. We've had black people. We've had brown people. We've had uh, men, women, all sorts of different genders and uh, sexual orientations. But very rarely do we get this opportunity. And I'm excited because it's so fun to learn about new cultures and find out the similarities and differences between us. But just so you guys know a little bit more about Kate, she sold for four summers from 2015 to 2019. Uh, she is currently living in Hickson, Tennessee, originally from Big Fort, Minnesota. And she was a junkyard dog. I can just hear people going, woof, woof. Get it out now. Good job. <laughs> and uh, she is a director of operations of bioneurofeedback. Uh I don't even know what the heck that means, which is another thing we're going to get to find out here in a second. So stick around for that. And last but not least, her favorite scroll from the Ogmandino uh, Greatest Salesman of the Word World book is scroll number six. Today, I will be the master of my emotions, which I think is a beautiful thing to be a master of because, man, those are the kind of people I like to spend the most time with, people who can keep their shit cool. I need to learn from them myself, honestly. And so when I come back, I will be on with Kate. Thanks for joining. that's all i could think of i found it at like a thrift shop isn't it cool i had like a chain on it for a little bit and then i gave it to my dog because the chain fit my dog better but that's so legit hey can you correct me right away are you were you born in asia or are you just have the the oh yeah i was made in china bro you were made in china i was made in china to my knowledge I, I, I honestly me. don't know. I'm kind of a dumpster baby. Well, I am a dumpster baby. Yeah. You know, the whole one sure. child policy. Sure, sure. Here I am. Bit. So, uh, um, girls but yeah, in, so in I was, China did do well. I was born there. The no. Yeah, and yeah. they're all elsewhere in the, on the globe. But, um, which is good because here we are and we're killing it. 
but um Hell yeah, also right. i was barking when you said jai because of course I you were the... i knew it you i wanted to type it. in the chat too and then i was like nah, that's stupid <laughs> but um but yeah no so i was born in china i was adopted i was raised in minnesota but i mean i wow. um i went back like gosh it was a long time ago 2011 is when i went back um and yeah. i was there for a summer um and we worked at a special needs orphanage, which was amazing. It was very emotional because I was 16. So I didn't really, we didn't really gather how we felt about being adopted. And we did, but we didn't like realize that we were going through all that. And then to have it in your face and be in orphanages in the area that we were, you know, found, because um, we were found in various locations. Um, wow. So it was really cool though. But, but yeah, born in China, made in China. I actually really want a tattoo. I've been saying it since I sold books. I want it on my butt cheek that just says made in China. You know, like the labels yeah. that you get on stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, please tell me you have one on like your. No, I think I'm going to. I'm doing like a patchwork style sleeve on my leg right now. And my mom hates it. I, I brought it up. She's like, no. I was like, mom, it's my body. I'm going to tat it exactly. up. And I'm going to look great when I'm old. But, um, then, but I'm going to put it probably on my leg somewhere. I don't know where just so it. more people can see it. Cause I'm not showing my butt to everyone. So I understand that. Um, neither yeah. am I <laughs> not for, not for free. Um, <laughs> so actually, you know, we, we were talking about the, before we started recording about, you know, what order you want to take this in. We started talking about chronologically, but do you mind if I ask you a little bit about like your history and, 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 and your heritage yeah. and like, cause here's the deal, like it or not, you're an immigrant. I mean, I know you grew up here when you were, since you were young, but you're an immigrant, right? I mean, the, oh, so yeah. am I. And I wanted to ask you about this. So, so first of all, thank you for clarifying. So you were born in China. That's fucking wild. It's pretty cool. It's kind of cool. Yeah, that's a sweet. I mean, I had friends in high school. I had a friend Bailey. Her name is Bailey, um, who was born, same similar story to yours. But I never really had the courage to ask her because I was nervous that I might offend her. So now that we're here, I mean, again, do you mind if I like ignorantly ask about what no, that experience please. is like? So. When you say so, I guess let me start with this. How old were you when you got adopted? Um, so backtrack a little bit. So I don't know, like when I was born. So like my age is a little bit of a question mark. Whoa. Um, just by like what? They, yeah, isn't that bizarre? Because That's so they bizarre. when they find babies, like they would just find them in different places. And um, oh, sorry, I live by a train track. Um, hey thomas yeah yeah right choo choo um but so they guesstimate it based on your body and how progressed it is like sure you know did i have chubby arms yet was i that old or was i like alien um you know did i look like a potato so absolutely they all do they all do except for your kid listening right now whoever's listening your kid's beautiful but everyone else is potatoes yeah yeah potatoes that's what i call them potatoes because they just sit there and they're hot and they just sit there um and everyone passes it around so it's like a potato but um that's my that's my concept behind that but anyway um so i think at most it could be off by a couple weeks which would for the zodiac people it would put me in a different zodiac sign but that's about it yeah. um yeah so you I mean know. that I maybe know. instead of being strong encouraging and patient you're actually like <laughs> fabulous, aggressive and, and, uh, yeah, whatever. and a fighter some um, of the three positive adjectives or whatever <laughs> <laughs> um so i think 
want to say my mom told me I was like 19 months when I got to America. Um, wow. So I was over a year by the time I got here. But I mean, like nothing worked. Like my legs didn't work because I just was the orphanage that, especially in the 90s, I'm a 90s baby, um, go 90s. But especially in the 90s, abandoning girls was pretty frequent and very common um very illegal but very common and if we you know go down this track i mean some people would you know discard them in other ways and you can use your imagination for imagination for how they went about that um but so most of us like when we were there how they designed the orphanage i was in um because i actually when i went back we coincidentally this is like a universe thing but there was eight of us that were all from the same orphanage and four of us were adopted at the same time. It was a coincidence. Pause, 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 pause. Let me make sure I'm understanding this. Is you intentionally went back, you yourself went intentionally back to that orphanage because that's where you were from. And, but I went with a group and out of that group, there was another seven of you. Yeah. Another seven humans aside from myself. Listen, listen, if, in case people don't know, the population in China is gigantic uh i was i was gonna say over oh you know over the average oh yeah uh, so statistically speaking for eight of you to have been at that place at that time in the 90s when it was like the high volume of uh baby girls being discarded one way or the other is incredibly isn't that bizarre? universe that's so it, it was freaky and wow. two of them i did know because so the moms, when they went to get us, they went together. Like they just, there was a whole, you know, plane of moms coming from America going to get these babies. And so they, a handful of them kept in touch. And the three of us, me included, um, we kept in touch, like growing up, you know, I would go to their house or they'd come up north to my house. Sure. We lived about six hours away, um, all in Minnesota. But I was kind of on you know, towards Canada and they were down in Minneapolis area. And um, so I did know them and they were the ones that told me about this trip. And when we got there, there was, you know, a handful more, handful more that were at the same orphanage that we were at. And China is, you know, I know it was, it was, it was wow. bizarre. Um, and so they did do a, we did take a trip to our orphanage, which since we were there had been torn down, uh, which, from what I've heard about it from like all the moms and the woman, I met the woman, we can talk about that in a second, but um, before computers, there was a woman who handpicked the babies for the parents. Kind of like when you get a puppy or it sounds, sure. I mean, it is, no. it is kind of like that. Honestly, you look, it was really rough to say that way, but it is yeah. exactly. Like, you, <laughs> you, you, like you go baby up, shopping. Like, hey, we're yeah. here for the appointment for the person yeah. for Kate. And we want this personality. We want yeah. this yeah. type of thing. For, and she like, picks yeah. them by her hands. Yeah. And she just yeah. sits there with papers and is like, okay, this one goes with this one, this one. And so I met her and she was wow. um, the head person on that trip. And so it was through that adoption agency that we went. And so I get that maybe that could, you know, help with the coincidence if you want. But at the same time, since that time frame that we were adopted, there's just been so many kids that have been adopted. So it was bizarre sure. either way. But um, but so what was I saying? Oh yeah. So orphanages, how they worked was each floor had one caregiver, and that caregiver was in charge of all the babies on that floor. And that number, you know, could be high or low and they were solely in charge of those babies. And so she named us. And so all of the girls on my floor were Wongs because in China, 
Um, I don't know if you are familiar with the language at all, um, but everything's a little backwards. So like, for example, um, the year, how we say day, month, year, they do it in reverse. So it's yeah. year, month, day. And same yeah, thing I with the names. You do the I last name. in college. Yeah, oh, did you? Okay. In college. Oh, yeah. So I was like, this is fascinating. Yeah. I yeah. And so, and so Miss Wong, she named us all after her. So I'm a Wong. And then, you know, all the other girls were Wong. And that's how I was like, oh, you're Wong. Oh, that's cool. And our parents did tell us about the naming thing. So we were like, wait, when were you adopted? And then they told us, we're like, wait, <laughs> what city were you adopted? And so then we got down that road. And so we took Whoa. a trip there. Um, and so we saw the supermarket where it used to be, and then they rebuilt an orphanage, which now, and I don't know, this was, you know, over 10 years ago now, but um, back when I was there, it was the elderly that is mostly orphaned versus babies now, unless the kids are special needs of some sort or have some sort of handicap, they are discarded quite a bit. And girls are left still because, you know, boys are more wanted, uh, but it's not as bad as it used to be. So it was, it was cool either way. It was really sad. Um, there was a lot of emotions, especially for like a 16 year old. Um, but it was, it was fun. And I'm really glad that I went without my mom. She wanted me to go without her. Same with the other girls, um, specifically so that we could, you know, process all of that on our own without having kind of the crutch of your mom. So, but it was fun. I learned a wow. lot on that trip. Yeah. I'm, I'm, fucking mind blown that's so <laughs> bananas man just so you know i did a quick research while i was listening to you Sixty-six thousand children were adopted between 1990 and 1999 according to gazette.net yeah. gazette eight of us uh, happen to be on the same trip man which is astronomically bananas like that and not all of us so were from minnesota wild. the three of us were two of them were from, one was from vermont one was from rhode island uh another was from california i think um, I'm still friends with all of them, acquaintance no level now, flight. but yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Unbelievable. I'm going to throw comedy relief in there just because I do stand up, so I'm so sorry. If, if I offend you, just get mad. Oh, I have no filter, away. and I've been living <laughs> my entire life making jokes, so I'm getting a Made in China tattoo. You're talking to yeah, the right person. We're in the right place. Um, okay, before we get into some Southwestern stuff, there's something that I did want to ask you about that came up from what this conversation was mm -hmm. and we were kind of alluding to this or talking about this on the air um before we got started but okay so you're married uh, yes oh woman. yeah yes okay so you're married to a woman uh you identify she is them. the woman she's the woman so you would identify as a lesbian in the in the community of of that you were calling it the what did you call it the <laughs> the alphabet mafia the alphabet mafia. <laughs> that's what i've heard what, I, I don't what know letter, what the kids what say. letter Sure. What letter are you? Are you so? Uh, it, are you it's interesting that you that you ask this because I just had this conversation with a client um, at work, and he asked me the same thing, and because he's kind of figuring out what he wants and kind of who he is as a human and what he wants to do and things like that. And I honestly, and I've told my wife this, Shami, so I'll talk about her quite a bit. I'll probably call her Sean here and there, but. Um, who's a book girl. So we can talk about that too. But, um, <laughs> but no, I, I don't, I think I would just put like, if I had to, you know, how on intake forms or, well, my brain is in treatment because I work in treatment, but not intake forms, but just informational type forms that you fill out. It has a box and says like, 
homosexual or whatever sexual orientation, oh, sure. you know, check the one that applies. I think I would put prefer not to say because something that I learned during my whole process of meeting her and dating her and, you know, being with her as a, as a whole, um, I've learned that, and this is just a personal thing, um, so I'm glad that we can talk about this, but yeah. before I met her, I saw things as point A, point B. There's two different stops, and you can pick which one you want. Um, you're either, you know, you're, you're either gay or you're straight, and that's it. And True. it goes for anyone, male, woman, ma- man, woman, whoever, however. And now what I've realized is it's almost like this big grid and every, almost like a grid back in school when you did like those uh, U graphs and stuff, whatever those were called. Yeah, uh, and any point on that grid could be a location that you could go to. And it's all a matter of where you are. That's how I see it. And I don't know, it's a lot of people, even one of my parents is like, no, you're born this way. I don't know if I vibe with that because if we think about it, like I say we, I'm in the habit of saying we, but when I think about it, um, I mean, I've had multiple times, um, I mean, you know, Avery, um, yeah. on a sizzler, I guess I kissed Avery. I don't remember that, but like oh. she told me one day and I was like, oh God, like, oh, <laughs> it freaked me out. Um, but so I had certain situations like that um, and she, it's funny, she would go around and tell everybody. And um, so it's like a little cute joke. But, uh, but so, because she's one of my really good friends. And she's also one of the first people I told that I was with Shawnee's. And oh, um, wow. so it's really cute. And uh, it was really nice to catch up with Avery and all that stuff. But because we do have that history. But um, we love you, Avery. Yeah, we love Avery. But um, no, she helped me a lot with this. And a lot of book people did just process everything because... I never really growing up, like all my crushes, none of them were women. I never really looked at women. I still don't really, and maybe that's because I'm with somebody, but like, you know, I, I just don't have that. And if, I don't know, do you know what I mean? So like, I don't yeah, have I a set, I'm this type. And I don't think you need to have a label if you want to, and if it helps you, great, do it. But if it's not beneficial to you, don't put the label on yourself. If you just want to put the label on yourself to have a label and do it um so yeah i just oh music um and so i think that's the biggest thing and another thing is that when it comes to people wanting to find who they are it's really just because they're not 100 percent of them as a whole and they got yes. you know some growing to do some learning to do about themselves so and that's another thing that's fine um and so for me i think that's why i just would put prefer not to say and and i'm yeah. okay with that and some people some people would like it, it if i did um but some people you know it's it's like a need to have it and if they want that, yep. do it. But if you don't need it, like I think it's okay for people to know that you don't need to. I first of all, I appreciate all that. Um, I'm hearing some yeah. music in the background, by the way. And also, I dropped off there for a second, but I can still hear you, so all good. Okay, um, cool. I was just gonna ask you. I can ask. Um. Yeah. Go for it. And and one thing I wanted to share a little bit about 
I guess, or that I want to reflect about what you said, because I don't identify necessarily with like, for me, I feel like I'm a man and I'm a hetero man, which I mean, (laughs) we suck, but whatever. There's so many of us. So, but (laughs) so it's, so from a standpoint of like sexuality, I, I do understand because like, I, I mean, I can, but when I say understand, I mean, like I can, I can relate when you talk about like, sometimes, sometimes you need to have that. Like for me, for me, uh, in my culture, Hispanic culture, uh, mm-hmm. you know, feeling like a man is a pride point. So th- that's what I subscribe to from a gender standpoint. However, where I really understand what you're saying, like really like in my heart feel what you're saying is, so I'm Colombian, right? I was born in Colombia, moved here when I was seven. And like, people here for, it, it won't stop it since I've been here, whether it's a yeah. media or people to my face telling me, you're not American. Like people will tell me that even mm-hmm. though I am a citizen of the United States, people will say, you're not American. Like I hear people saying that to me. Yeah. And then I go, like I was in Colombia a few months ago. And while I was there, my family was like, you're not Colombian. And I'm like, what the fuck? So what am I? And so from a standpoint of identity, again, I don't understand. I don't like fully grasp it. And it's maybe difficult for me to grasp it because mm-hmm. the, I've never had to experience that. Uh, from a sexual standpoint, but from like mm-hmm. a cultural identity standpoint, I don't know what I am. And I don't know that if I, no way, if I told you I'm straight up Colombian, that's false. And if I told right. you I'm straight up American, that's false. Right. And so yeah. it, it, I, it, I, when you said the parabola thing or the, the, the graph thing, I'm like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Cause sometimes yeah. I'm like, I feel super Colombian right now. Like I just, I did you know, I just sold someone cocaine. I'm just kidding. I don't do that. But <laughs> just for the laugh. Okay. You know, Pedro like, wow. Pascal. Right. That's, uh, you know, that's so uh, Colombian to me. On the other hand, when I eat apple pie, I'm like totally American. Right. But I will fluctuate between the two on a minute by minute basis. Right. Depending on what's happening. So, I imagine it feels like that. I mean, am I, is that ringing a bell for you? Yeah. Well, that, and it it's different? funny that you, it's funny that you use that. And I'm so sorry that you deal with that. Um, when yeah. you, when it came, when you said that, so it, the reason I said it's funny, cause it's more of like a coincidence, oh, it, but, but so when, funny. yeah, but like back when I, um, going back to the China trip, um, culturally, right. China is still to this day, 2023 is very, reserved they're very um proud they're very um i i don't know what type of demographic listens to this but so i'm gonna say it anyway because it's how i feel um it's your it's your show it's your show yeah i feel like i feel like chinese and maybe that i'm just gonna speak for chinese just because i've been to china i've studied china that's what i went to school for is foreign studies and all that stuff um and because i've been there and that's part of who i am I think they're a very ethnocentric culture. Um, yes. And I don't mean that in a horrible way. I mean that in a prideful way. Um, yes. And right. yeah. And so I say that because when we all went back to China here in America at the time and still kind of, you want to be tan, you show a lot of skin being a, of a woman in America, right? You show a lot of skin. Um, you are very, you try and be almost eclectic and just like a energized bunny, you know, like you want to be somewhat magnetic to people. And in China, that's, that's not how they jam. Right. And so when we went to China, they looked at us 
and could tell that we were tan. We were kind of You're long hair. We were, yeah, yeah, they were like, who are you and where did you come from? You are not one sure. of us. And they looked at us that way. And people would ask. And they were, and this is another topic too that we'll go into, but like um, so many people were baffled at the whole idea of abandoning babies, especially girls. They're like, no, China people wouldn't do that. And we're like, well, we're here. And because, yeah, yeah, there's, there's eight right here. And then there's, what'd you say? 66,000. Like there's so many and they just don't, they're like, no, we would never do that. That doesn't happen here. And so they were also upset that we didn't speak the language. I didn't speak it at the time. Um, I do now, but I didn't at the time. And so we weren't able to communicate, you know, from our, you know, root level of, of speech because <laughs> uh, we're all sure. raised in America, so we speak English. And sure. they were just dumbfounded by that idea. And so when you said your family said you're not Colombian, it kind of like hurt me a little bit in this side because I remember that feeling just like an outcast where we finally got to a place where we were the majority, um, where we were raised in a culture where we were the minority. And that transition in itself, too, was a big adjustment. Um, Bananas. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but it's the fact that they feeling. we weren't welcome over there. Yeah, and so it's just bizarre. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's interesting and, that you say that, too. Oh, I was going to ask. So is that what it feels like from the from your sexual orientation? I would say too? that oh. I would say yes and no, because I feel like for certain people, I feel like if you don't, I think at the root of it, if I were to say, here's my over, you know, here's my idea and my opinions on sexuality. I think that people who aren't confident with whatever label they place on themselves, even if it's not like a known label, that it's due to the fact that they haven't learned about who they are. And I think that the people who have, and they're like, because if you think about the phrase, I think we learned it in Southwestern too, they'd always ask like, who are you? What are you? What's your identity? And we're having that conversation about identity right now. I think that something that embodies your identity has nothing to do with labels. I think it has everything to do with characteristics, who you are as a human, what type of things that you can be known for, what you what you love to do, what you what you don't love to do. That is what makes you. It does. It's not this little, you know, um, what's the word? A meaningless label of gay, straight. Um, what are, there's a bunch of other ones, but you know, all these other different things, man, woman, you know, you could go whatever way you want with it. Um, I, live in I think at the root of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, I think, uh, I, I get, there's a lot of them and I try and be respectful of all of them. Um, but I think that's the root of it. If you don't know where you are as a human, what you like, what you don't like, then I don't think you are able to figure that out. Once you figure all that stuff out, you're almost like, oh yeah, it's just me. You know, because yeah. uh, you were talking about the some things that you like to. I mean, this is a big thing that you like to. You love talking to people. You were I mentioned earlier about um, being on a plane and having the need to to interact, have a you know a social interaction with somebody, which I vibe with that too. Totally agree. But that's what makes you you. Yeah, and you talk about being extroverted and things like that. And and everyone has their own little things that make them up. And I think that's what the identity is. And I think people are hung up on the fact that there's labels and they're having yeah. problems with it, even though it has nothing to do agree. with them. 100% agree. On top of that, just to even like extra highlight what you're saying, those things even change. So your oh, yeah. identity therefore is extremely fluid. 
mm-hmm. which makes a case for what happens to people who later on in life, like what happened to you, were you just like, I didn't even like girls. Like, I'm never into women, yeah. right? But all of a sudden, your wife, for some reason, something inside of you, which you don't know about, you can't control. It's just how you feel. Besides, yeah. this is something I want. This is someone I vibe with. By something, I don't mean your wife. I mean like the relationship itself is yeah. something you want. Uh, this is oh no, it was it was bizarre, man. I mean, the, <laughs> it was on Sizzler. We met on Sizzler, and uh, <laughs> and is that a ponytail? Or do you want to share that now? <laughs> no, I can share it now. It's funny. I have a handful of other ones that that I can share during that part. But uh, so she came up to me, right? Um, and I mostly want to share it because you said. Uh, there was something about it. There was like that feeling. And that's the thing. There wasn't feeling. <laughs> so she uh-huh. approaches me, right? It was, I can't remember what night it was. I know it was the night where we all dressed up like characters. Um, Baron Marshall. Have you ever met Baron Marshall? He's JYD. Have we, have we met Baron Marshall? Did you have a, a show? Oh, sweet. Okay. Episodes, okay, cool. So Baron and I dressed up as Up. He was the little boy and I was the bird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was Russell. <laughs> it was a, so great. Oh, yeah. funny. So it was fun. And he was one of my good buddies um, with books. And he still is. It's just one of those, you know, you drift apart kind of thing. But, sure. you know, if you were to reconnect, you can pick up where you left off. But I love you, Baron. So, yeah, we love you, Baron. Shout out to Baron. And, um, and so he was, he was Russell and I was the bird. And so I had this big, like, boa, rainbow boa on. And I had a tutu on. And I had kind of like a fitted athletic type cropped tank top of some sort and so I thought I would look good right and so she comes up to me and she's like and I look over and there's this girl in this cat outfit and she didn't catch my eye she had like um she had crazy makeup on and have you ever seen cats um it's like a Broadway uh, musical and so anyway that's what she looked like it was like a very fitted outfit of cat and so I saw her coming up and she was like, are you gay? And I said, no. And according to her, I laughed. I don't remember laughing. I was very drunk though. So who knows? I could have laughed, but I definitely said no. And I just like turned around (laughs) and started talking to Baron. And then as she was leaving, she like just said, if you want to try, let me know. And I was like, okay, whatever. And so I look at Baron and said, Baron, because at that point that she was not the first girl to hit on me that night. And so I looked at Baron, I was like, Baron, am I getting gay vibes? And he's like, no. And in hindsight, I love you, Baron, but probably not the best person to confide in in something like that. He probably just, he was like, <laughs> no. And, um, but so he said, no, I was like, okay, whatever. And so then I kept seeing her everywhere, everywhere. Like she ended up on my team for Beer Olympics and she ended up um, on my team for, uh, wasn't Sloshball, it was something else, but we, it was like one of the side games. And that she always was just like <laughs> bopping around in places that I was at. I was like, what the heck? And so finally um, on the service trip, um, she was you know, sitting at the on the bus, like in the front, and there was an ACs left. So it was like a force gump moment. So I was like, can I sit here? And um, you can sit so, right here. <laughs> yeah, you can sit here if you want to. And so um, we started talking, and I was so stupid. I was like, I like your tattoos. <laughs> That was dumb. She does have really cool tattoos. Um, they're huge. Um, and she's very tall, so there's a lot of them. But um <laughs> but canvas. so yeah, a lot of canvas to, to work with. And um 
And she was like, thanks. And I was like, that was stupid. And so, but then, so we do the service trip, all that stuff. And same thing, she's kind of bopping around within my area. And on the way back, the driver like slammed on the brakes at some point. And I was dancing in the bus and she was dancing the bus and she like fell on me. And I was just like, oh my God. And like we, and I kind of saw her falling. And so I did kind of like try and catch her. And I ended up, I had a huge bruise and everything from it too. But so then after that, then I had reached out to Ben because someone, I was like, dude, who is this girl? Like she came like onto me this night and um, I don't know. I really like her. I would like to be her friend. Like she seems really cool. And he's like, yeah, she's my first year. I'm like, oh shit. Because oh, I was going into my fourth year. So like, I was like, oh no, um, it's first year. Like, you know, all those things. Uh, I probably shouldn't hang out with first year kind of thing. Uh, but I really did just want to be friends. So then like, we started talking and then eventually so i was living on a boat at the time and um and so we can talk about that later too yeah but i was living on a boat when i got recruited as well but um so i was living on the boat and i was back at the boat and so to see her i had to dinghy in do you know what a dinghy is on a sailboat okay those little boats so i had to dinghy in i had a collapsible bike that i had to fold up put in there dinghy into shore unfold the bike you know set it up i biked into one of the bars that my buddy ran and he would always let me use Wi-Fi. And so I got in there. I would call her. And we just, you know, talk about life and things like that. And um, one day, she didn't answer. And I was so bummed. I was like, what the heck? Oh, and she had told me. Yeah, and she did told me that she was going out. And I remember feeling, oh, my God. Why am I, like, scared that she's going out? And she's not answering my call. Like, this is weird. And oh. so then I had this big just, like, speaking of identity crisis, I'm freaking out. And so then I just started, you know, questioning everything. And um, I don't know if you know Cassie Moore, she's JYD too. Um, but I talked to her about it and she was actually in my wedding. Um, she was one of my best humans. And, um, <laughs> but she's a book girl. Uh, but so I talked to her about it and she's like, I mean, maybe you have feelings for her. Um, and then I talked to my roommates. It was like Jake Sal, Tanner Nappy, um, Jason Stone, they were all my roommates. Love and Jay. I, yeah, Knapsack. I may be 10, but he'll always yeah. be Tanner. Yeah, yeah, Tanner Nappy. I, oh man, I could talk some dirt about him. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I lived with them for like two years. Uh, and then I've lived with Jake. I lived with Jake the longest. Um, but we can get on all that. We have plenty of time. But yeah, so anyway, long story short, they were like, just try it. Like, if you're thinking about it this much, yeah, try go it. For it. And so, I tried it and I was like, hey, I don't know what any of this is. We could hang out, but like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm scared. I've never really kissed a girl before, blah, 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 blah. And um, I've never been coherent when I've kissed a girl. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so I didn't want to, I didn't know what to do. And then the rest, you know, it all just kind of made its way. And here we are, we're married and been together since. So Love go books. Will out. Love yeah. out. Yeah. That's so cool. Congratulations. Thanks. And it sounds like she was super kind about it. Like, I mean, the fact oh, that, yeah, she... that she treated you well to like guide you through what was happening. I have met other members of the Alphabet Mafia. And let me tell you, they all say, you did what? She had to wait how long? You did this? Ooh, I would have dropped you. <laughs> so she's a good wow. woman. <laughs> so she had yeah. a lot of patience because I just yep. didn't know what yeah. I was doing. A good woman knows to wait on a good woman. Any good person yeah. knows to wait on a good woman as a man. Yeah. I'll tell you that's true. <laughs> but uh, wow. 
Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I know I am. I wanted to give a quick shout out to the people that make this show possible, the people that bring this show to you. Uh, These are people who all sold books and we're here to give a quick shout out to them in a spotlight uh, about their company and what they're up to. So if you're interested or if after listening to this, you're kind of wanting to know a little bit more, feel free to click on the links below to connect with these people. Uh, These are from an excerpt I have with them from a podcast that I do on the side. It's called Executive Exercises, where we take all our sponsors and they come into a think tank and share some awesome ideas about how to grow their business specifically on different topics. Go check that out. But I pulled some of the comments that they had explaining what they do and who they're looking for on their companies. And so if that sounds like you, like I said, click below. Hope you enjoy. So that's, yeah. And so so money-wise, and it just seemed like, it was going to be the leads, which I wanted to go back to that because you mentioned this. And that's another thing that maybe Southwestern people don't understand is leads. And that's kind of like you're saying, basically, imagine you show up to a town to sell books. You send a postcard out to every single family that has kids in school or young children, asking them if they struggle with any of the following subjects, yes or no. <laughs> would you be interested? In, would you be interested in hearing about a product product that might help you with all those subjects, yes or no, name and address. And then you just waited at your HQ for like a couple of weeks. And then you got in the mail, like 700 people returning that postcard saying, come to my house. Here's where I live. Hi, are you the mom of the house? Yes. And you've heard of you. Great. Yeah. Is this your handwriting, Miss Betty? Yeah, that's my handwriting. You got a few minutes. It's again, you're not selling every single lead that you sit down with, but the leads is kind of what interested me because that that kind of anxiety feeling that I talked about at Southwestern yeah. and the anxiety I had with Family Heritage, I honestly didn't think that was going to go away, but it it has. It's it's gone away when I sold. Now I still had a little bit of anxiety, but after that first knock, it goes away. But much less anxiety every week because I knew I have fresh leads coming in, and so even if this day doesn't work out, I know I got. Typically, our agents will get anywhere from 25 to 50 leads a week of people that they can go and and call on. I want people to understand what it is that you do, how you do it, why you do it, all of the good stuff. You hear a lot about coaching. You hear a lot about life coach, sales coach, business coach, yada, yada, coach, 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 coach. Man, I think just to start off like what it isn't, it's not training. It's not showing up and having somebody talk at you for 45 minutes to an hour. And like the way that I look at it is we're all human beings. We're all broken in some capacity. And we all know a lot of the people that I work with, they know what they're supposed to be doing. They're just not executing on it or they're not doing it as intentionally as they should be. Um, or they're, they're just not focused. They have like 15 different goals or 15 different things that they're trying to balance or do. And because of that, like they're not as intentional as they should be at home or they're not as intentional as they should be at work. And they're not picking up the phone and calling people. And it's like, it's like having a personal trainer for your, your business. It's having intention on why we do what we do every day and creating clarity and helping to build our lives and our calendars around what our future goals and intentions are. That'll do for now. Like I said, make sure you click below to get some more information. And now back to the show. Um, on, okay. This came up in my head. So just, just to, cause we're in the conversation. About Spitball, it. So, man. <clears throat> does it ever happen? And this is just total, like something that just came out of nowhere that I'm like, Oh, this is, I'm curious personally about, but yeah. So you identify as a woman yourself. Mm-hmm. When we were talking about this before. Okay. And so, cause even, and I'm only speaking from the experience of also Portland cause it's all different, but do you mm-hmm. ever think that, um, or do you ever feel like that there's, there's a bit of um, maybe like honor in the fact that 
the your heritage, given the nature of why you were able to be adopted, that that had a, that had an effect on your identity as a girl or as a female? Do you know what I'm trying to ask? Does that make sense? Yeah, I do. Like, I don't like, know if I have like, a like a somebody else gave you that answer. label. Like somebody else gave you that label and said you're a girl, right? And in 2023, yeah. it's you can't just definitely say that. I mean, agree or not, that's just the way the world's working right now. So we just that's what we're subscribed to, right? But yeah, but like, but like when someone said, "Hey, you're a girl, so you have to be put up to adoption, or you are going to not live," right? Like, like then that's a point of your identity where you're like, "I'm adopted because I was a girl," and then now you're a woman, a girl that grew up to be a woman, and then you're trying you know there's this like confusion that takes place before as you're meeting your wife mm-hmm. and then now looking back at your wife like does, do you ever think that that ever had anything to do with it or not or like I, I don't even know if the question is making sense but do you no, know what no, i'm no. saying it, it, it makes sense but i don't know if i have a good answer for it i i can take a stab at it and because there's more to the story um and I mean, I'm an open book, so, and I like talking about stuff like this. So, plus, this um, is the Ponytails podcast. Yeah, so and this is the Ponytails just... podcast. So, why not? And if we can have space for a real talk, let's have a real talk. Uh, yeah. So, we'll go backwards in time. Okay. Yeah, sure. So, I was adopted by two women. Plot twist. There Whoa, that's yeah. super interesting. Yeah. So, which that brings up a whole other thing. Um, I've done therapy before and um, all my friends now are therapists. So like, you should try therapy. And I was like, you know, it couldn't, it couldn't hurt. Let's try it. Um, And so I'm an adult. I can be mature about things. And so I've I've done some therapy. Um, I took a break and then I'm starting it back up again. Um, But anyway, getting away from the, the topic here, the, the biggest thing with it though, is that, Shit, I forgot what we were, what we were talking about. Um, oh, you're, you're oh, telling oh, us yeah. about how your, your, your moms. Yeah, yeah. You're about your moms. So the, the psychology behind it, um, Avery always talks about psychology because I think she studied psychology. But um, a lot of people are like, oh, do, if your parents are gay, you're going to be gay. I don't think that's how it works. And I know yeah. that my opinions on things do clash because I do the whole thing of like you can choose and all that stuff. So I get that. But at the same time, I really don't think that that plays a role because yes. have you ever seen Hannah Montana? I know you're, I know yes. you like, okay. So, you know, the whole double world, True. double life. She was Hannah Montana. Yeah. 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 Where she puts on a show, blah, blah, blah. And she's Hannah Montana on one side and then she is. She puts on a show and then she rocks after the show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to try and take a stab at the lyrics and I got scared. So I panicked and backed out. No. But <laughs> I, I mean, we, we just probably butchered them, but yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> Hannah Montana. The vocals were there. I mean, that could be on the voice. I, I'm on it. That was solid. Um, <laughs> that's how our life was. It was outside of this house. We are two families under the same roof. And our house yeah. was set up like that too. My mom had a separate room. Heidi had a separate room. They never shared a room. Um, they never really did anything um, like romantically Romantic. expressive. Yeah. Um, they just looked like best friends that were roommates. And so, and that's what we did. And we had a story that we told. And it was a real story. It just left off the fact that they were like together. Um, yeah, because this is like late 90s, early 2000 when it's still yeah. not like okay. And in Northern Minnesota, like town of 400 for, people. Like, four stop women signs that's all we had yeah, yeah. and yeah. they were women uh yeah. and they were both like positions because at that point gay men were starting to kind of really be more prominent i mean it's still right 
and it was fresh off the whole AIDS thing too, though. Yep. Yep. So, so it was, it was a weird time. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. And so, so it was strange. Um, and so I was brought up in a place where being gay was bad and it was a secret. And if you were, you don't tell anybody. And so what I've learned about myself is that there was almost like an embedded internalized homophobia there. And so I think that's what happened to me that maybe, maybe I always was. Um, so going back to your question earlier, maybe I always was, mm. and I just chose to look the other way. And I did it so much that I like convinced myself of that because my self-talk in my head was like that. Um, yeah. Also, all the guys I was with were terrible. Uh, <laughs> but That's nothing new. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's experience <laughs> of a hetero or homosexual. It's not, so, it, it's all the same. <laughs> but when you said the whole identity thing, the reason why I'm saying all this is because when I was little, I only got along with boys. I got along with girls to a point. I got along with most people. Um, I just like humans. I've always been extroverted um, and I like hanging out with people and getting into stuff. And I grew up in the woods. So like all my friends, I like to hunt. I like to fish. You know, I would skip school to go fishing or hunting on opener. Um, We would, you know, drive with our guns in the back and then we'd park our car way far away so we can, you know, have it in the car and we'd hunt on the way home. So like it was, that was who I was. And most of the boys did that. A lot of the girls did it too where I'm from, but for the most part, I just vibe more with the boys. I don't like all the drama. I've never liked drama. Um, I've never liked, um, what's the word, gossiping. I just, I don't vibe with it. I think if you want to tell someone something, tell it to them, like go to the source. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. So I just never got along with that type of group. And so I only hung out with boys because we could blow stuff up and, you know, we would go hunting Shoot together. We Yeah, we'd trap, trap animals. I mean, now I'm thinking about it, I'm kind of describing a serial killers as childhood, but that's okay. That's what we did. Yeah, yeah, good. it was fine. Uh, it was normal. And that's what they would say too. But <laughs> anyway, um, and so I think with that, I, cause there, I did, everyone talks about, oh, when Kate was a boy, which is funny because I had like super short hair and I dressed in boys clothes, but all my friends were boys. So it just made sense. And so I did have that feeling of, oh, I like what boys get to do, but I've never struggled with the fact of like being a woman. I love being a woman. And I, I think it's really cool to be able to take pride in something like that. And I think that there are some people out there who struggle when it comes to the whole, and that's something that I probably won't talk too much about because I I don't know what it's like to feel that way. Um, I just know that when I was younger, I definitely preferred doing boy things, dressing like a boy. They had better clothes. Um, Like their pants had, their pants had pockets. Boys' pants had pockets. And so it just, I would wear those clothes because I got, I had cargo pants that were like zip off. They were so cool. I'd have like overalls and stuff. And so I did go through that phase of everyone would say boy Kate. And so some people they're like, wait, Kate, were you? I was like, no, like I love being a woman. I am a woman. I love that about me. Um, I always joke and say I'm a woman, like emphasize on the man. Sean used always jokes and says the only thing that separates me from a man is my anatomy uh, because like a lot of things that I do and I always vibe with the boyfriends of all our friends and like um, all the things that I forget to do. Like apparently not closing cabinets is a male trait to most women and they always point it out, out at me because they're like, and they always say, okay, oh, you're just like, you know, my boyfriend, so-and-so, or you're just like this, or you and my boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. and so that's the joke. 
Um, so I've never, I've always loved being a woman and I like being an independent woman, but I have enjoyed, and I still do. I'm very masculine, I think is the phrase in the gay community or not just gay community, but the rainbow community um, is that I'm a more masculine, you know, woman. And so, but I like that. And it was weird because when I was with guys, they were like men. <laughs> like Paul Bunyan looking and they needed to be able to lift more weight than I could in the gym. Cause if not, then like, bye. Cause what am I, why? And not, I, that's actually very toxic for me to say. So I, I don't take it back, but like, I apologize to those that that offended, but yeah, but so like with her, I love that she's feminine. I love that she likes to get dressed up. I love that she likes to get her nails done, stuff mm. like that. Um, so it's interesting. The role change that I took and how happy I was to take it. I was like dressing up for Southwestern. Um, I look back at some pictures and I'm like, man, I look so uncomfortable. And, and I remember yeah. looking at different clothes that I would love to wear suit, but I'm like, oh, I can't wear that. And, um, but now, I mean, I love wearing suits and I look fire in a suit. And so, Let's go. yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I just, um, I don't, I can't remember from Facebook, but um, my wedding, photo I had like a cigar going and had like my suspender it was it was great it was a good setup. I had like cool. a gold brick lighter and Cassie lit it for me and so it was but I think identity is just a very complex thing and I don't think we'll ever really have a full grasp on it I think it's yeah. just you know up to the human that's writing their own story and but it's interesting conversation I mean I mean what are your thoughts like I've I've just rambled now for a hot second no no, it's fair. And I, and I dropped off again there. Sorry about apologies. Oh, it's okay. I, I just here. kept talking because I'm assuming it's still recording. So I didn't want it to be yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and if you drop off, it'll still record. No, no, the studio itself is running independently, but um, yeah, no, thanks for asking and thanks for sharing. Yeah. Um, you're just really interesting about, cause well, I'll say a couple of things. One uh, living in Nebraska uh, from a Nebraska mindset, it's it's very new. It's very different, right? Mm -hmm. Which doesn't mean bad or good. It's just new, and that's the world evolution of society, right? Um, moved to Portland, brand brand new. Like what you're saying, even like there seems to be different uh, pockets of beliefs and subscriptions. So what I mean by that is, uh, you might meet someone who's like trans, right? And mm -hmm. they are very like what you're saying is like nope i don't agree with you you're totally wrong like mm -hmm. right what you're saying even like the idea of a gender roles and masculinity and femininity is a lot more fluid so like the idea that's a whole different group of people then there's people like you where it's like hey here's just one of my experiences like and then there's obviously hetero people um there are people even in portland who are homophobic right mm -hmm. um, in all the aspects so all that to say is this like i guess the way I see it is one, uh, on the one hand, and this isn't a contradiction. When I say on the one hand, I don't mean contradict. They're not two contradictory points, but one way I look at it is I say, okay, if you feel like in your case, you feel like a woman, but you feel like you have masculine attributes, bro, you know, define that as you wish, but you're saying you feel more like even in with your, or at least what I'm hearing you say is within your relationship, you feel like you're more a masculine energy and there's mm -hmm. more feminine energy from your wife but you're both women. And in mm -hmm. my head, I'm like, 
Makes sense. I mean, I don't, why wouldn't that make sense to me? It doesn't have to. How, I'm going to sleep just fine tomorrow, tonight and I'm going to wake up just fine tomorrow. How you decide to choose and view yourself is not my fucking problem. I also don't think that your moms had any effect on how you are living your life right now because otherwise there would be no gay people because traditionally speaking, everyone is like in a heterosexual marriage and then gay people still, you know, were gay. Mm-hmm. after coming out of a hetero family. So I don't think that the gender of the parents have anything to do with the orientation of the the child, right? So that's how I feel about that. So I think, I mean, does that have influence? Yeah, absolutely. But like, is that going to, just because your moms were moms instead of mom and dad, does that mean that uh, that's why you turned out that way? And if you and your wife have, you know, kids, is that going to be, no, I don't think that that's uh, any way, shape or form what's going to happen. But at the end of the day, however you choose to feel free without hurting others, without causing harm in any other way, which you're not, fucking awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. And honestly, that's Thanks. better than most people. Um, on the other, another way I also see it in conjunction to that is before people get to where you're at, which it sounds like you're very happy with what, how your life is and how you're, you're – the identity is with mm-hmm. regards to your sexual orientation and your nationality for that matter um and or ethnicity um so um, before you can get to that point and i think you kind of alluded to this but i've said this before in other episodes but until you are completely content i'm not saying happy but content and or in some way shape or form grateful for wherever you are right now no matter how much you change or pursue a different identity or a deeper understanding of your identity, it that it, that's not what brings you happiness. You don't become happy because you decide that, oh, it turns out I'm into a woman. That's not what made you happy. You were just a happy mm-hmm. person, comfortable in what you had as a, as a being, and that's what made it possible for you to explore this side of you. I mean, I'm assuming. So I don't mean it. But I'm talking about for me, like I, when people say – I'll be happy when I have a big house or when I have a job that pays or when I become a man or woman or I have genetically changed or physically changed my body to be one way or the other. Like, or when I uh, marry, get married or when I have kids, like actually, no, you won't. I mean, maybe, yeah. but that's not why you won't be happy. You're going to be yeah. happy because you're happy with where you are. Happiness comes first. And there's research to show this. Happiness comes first right? You become happy with who you are. And as you're more and more thankful with what you're doing, you peel back more layers of the juicy onion that is who you are. And you start discovering, oh, like in your case, maybe I am into some women at least because I'm into this woman, right? Yeah. In my head, I'm like, maybe I don't need to be American and I don't need to be Colombian. Maybe I just need to be Andres, right? Uh, Maybe I don't, maybe, maybe I do need a penis or whatever, right? Or maybe I don't. I'm happy with where I am. Now I'm com- like you start understanding yourself better by accepting the do- the hand that you were dealt, right? Yeah. Like, and so, oh no, so, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, just for the analogy, it's like you get dealt a hand, but I also think that you get to trade with the universe or God or whatever you believe in to, to improve. 
right? You're entitled to go, hey, go fish. Like I need some different, different, <laughs> go cards, fish. Right? right? But, but before you can start asking for cards, you got to analyze them. You got to understand where right? I got a five of spades. I got a 10 of clubs, right? What does that mean? Like for me, can I be content? This is good. I'm happy with what I got. Got it. But this can be different. And then you yeah. change. Don't pursue happiness through change. Be happy and use it to change. Well, and I, I really like what you're saying too, just because you're kind of getting to the topic of one partially of what we were talking earlier about how it, it's the person, right? That, that makes up the identity and who they are as a person, what they like, what they don't, all these things. And it could change. Um, but the other part of that also, I like it because um, what you're talking about also will support just the fact that um it's it's per person you know and and some people if you if you learn because happiness i like that you talk about happiness how it comes first because a lot of people they say you know happiness isn't it's not a destination right and it's not about the destination it's about the journey and all those things and that's a very southwestern thing too um mm -hmm. but it, when you were saying all that it made me think of you know all those mm, moments of grs and stuff oh that's good write that down yeah, <laughs> the oh, ooh. yeah, the the big one that makes me think about is the have to be, and I'm not sure if you know who went yeah. over that with you, um, but Groom and, and AJ would talk about that a lot with us, and I'm sure Dan Moore and you know trickle it up the tree, but um, I think that concept is huge because everyone thinks that okay, I want this, and so they try and just go get that. Well, you forget about all the things that it takes to get to that and all the stages that you need to get to before you can even reach that point. And so those are the things that you need to attack first. And then everything else, the big and major points like emotions, happy, maybe you'll be you know, fearful, maybe you'll, you'll be fulfilled, maybe not. You'll have all these emotions. And those are what makes up who you are. And those are what's making up the journey. Mm. Preach so, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let Preach me step up. Um, but I, so I, I really like that you said that. And I like that you say that it changes and it can change. And I think that, I think that sometimes when people get stuck in the whole thing of identity, they, they feel an obligation to have one. And when I say one, I'm referring to labels again versus identity. Yep. And I think the two get, you know, confused. Cause they are two very different things. Identity is like what makes up you, what, like who is Andres, right? Um, what do you like to do? Do you like sports? Do you like, you know, and go through the list. Whereas if you talk about um, uh, the other, uh, my brain, see, it's like Dorothy Fish. That was a really <laughs> good point that I had. It might come back, but either way, it's about, you know, the person and growing the human first. And sure. then you're going to get the other things versus yeah. the materialistic things. Yeah, I mean, one hundred percent. And you know, again, there's probably people going to be listening to this going, "I fucking yelling at their steering wheel." Or yeah, <laughs> disagreeing. And you know, again, if they disagree, they're also right. That's yeah, totally. Like, and and, yes. and they and they yes. and everyone. That's why I love discussions too, and I love disagreeing with people because I do like hearing other sides. Yeah. When people disagree with me, I'm always like, "Well, explain to me your point. I would love to learn." And yeah. and and that's that's a southwestern thing too. I'm I'm really big on you know, the hours demos attitude, like my biggest things that I always tell my students, and my clients is I always say work hard, learn lots, and you know, the rest will come. And if you can always just be a learner, like it's going to make so much more sense. It's going to be way more enjoyable. 
you're even if it's not enjoyable, you're going to be able to deal with the non enjoyable things uh, a lot more effectively than you would if you were just like, this sucks, like, I hate this, and just neg nation. Um, so I think that I think that disagreeing with people is very healthy as long as you're able to have a good, you know, conversation following that disagreement versus everyone just get butt hurt and turn away and not talk to each other for two years, which is what some people do because no one knows how to communicate anymore. But so if there are people that are listening and they are disagreeing, that's good. Like, please disagree, but ask yourself why and learn about that why and then find someone that, you know, has the other opinion and have a conversation with them. Yeah. Not for the sake of trying to win them over, but for the sake of just yeah. being understood. Uh, right. Because yeah, everyone yeah. wants to be heard, yeah. even if we don't which think is, we do. Which is why we're it's here. It's nice to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're doing this because people deserve to be heard, regardless of how many fucking units they sold. Speaking of which, <laughs> how did you get into Southwestern in the first place? Uh, yeah, that's a long story, too. I'm going to lose my voice after this. Um, have you had Jake Osal on here? Oh, yeah. I wonder if he we talked got, about that. He always got, gives me shit and we, brings it up. We got somehow. Toasty. We got Toasty on our on our episode. Oh, did you? Yeah, I'm sure yeah, he we were, broke up we some down, bourbon or something. Yeah, we were down in some whiskey. Yeah, I was close. Um no, so yeah. <laughs> I'll try and make it somewhat um, short, it but, but but it's it's long. Um, it took me. He always would say, and he'd bring it up at parent meetings and all that stuff. He'd be like, "Oh yeah, Kate took her three years to get recruited because it did." Um, so I went to Winona State University my freshman year of college, and I went to college a little early. Um, I was seventeen. And that was mostly because my mom sent me to school early because she was like, I'm sick of you. Go, go to school, go to school. You're fine. Go. <laughs> so you're telling you tell me. <laughs> had nothing to do with so you're, <laughs> so you're almost two years old. I mean, so many jokes about that we can make. You're two years old and your mom sent you to school at four. So she, your mom's lasted two years where they were like, this was, we should get She's back like, yeah, this was a bad school. idea. <laughs> we can't <laughs> take her back to that spot but uh but you can go to school yeah go to school yeah go to school go 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 nobody will know plus i mean we don't really know when you're important so you might as well be five go (laughs) oh my god and so uh (laughs) so i was i went to monona okay and i think i already mentioned big fork where i grew up big fork minnesota there's a big Mm -hmm. fork montana um, which is another great place but big fork minnesota it's like 40 minutes away from the canadian border um which is great. You can go fishing, hunting, all that stuff in Canada on the weekend. It's awesome. And so anyway, the town I grew up in had about 400 people for most of my upbringing total. It was kind of like Rusty Springs. You blink once and it's gone. And, and, um, and a bunch of them were just like, they had lived there their whole life and their kids lived there and their kids lived there. You know, it was just one of those towns and everyone knew everyone. Um, Heidi, one of my parents, uh, she was the doctor, one of the main doctors there. My mom w- had the main dental practice. And so I had both. <laughs> and then they had Ooh. three little Asian girls, all from different parts of China. So we were, you know, we had stuck Holy out. shit. Yeah, we stuck out like a sore thumb uh, in a good way. Like they were very well known, loved, you know, respected. Pause right but, there. Just a quick question. Yeah. <laughs> this may be a whole tangent story, so let me know. But uh, obviously, because your parents are for, I'm assuming your moms are American, like white ladies. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Hello. So at some, Hello. so at some point, you have, they have to tell you you're adopted. Like, how early on did you know you were adopted? Because you, you were gonna figure it out. Just bro, by, I'm uh, brown and they are white. 
Yes. Yeah, so I was like, like minute, I mean, it was it was pretty obvious. <laughs> this I doesn't was, add up. Plus, you're women. Uh, Hold on a sec. The, yeah. What was the thing? Um, it was my older sister. She would say like, "Why do you have polka dots? And why am I brown?" <laughs> <laughs> and because uh, I don't remember them ever like because they did Tell do a very good job telling our story like they told me right away i was found in a park it wasn't a park it was the trash but like you know they doctored it up a little bit where they needed to which is nice i get that um but for the most part i knew my story it was part of my story they made me very proud of it they they built it up in a way of something that i should be proud of which is very yeah. good on their end and yeah. um for all of us and obviously there was you know adoption psychology issues that went with that um but like overall yeah. they did great and so um but wait what was the what did you I was say when did you find out you're adopted oh yeah but so they like, didn't yeah they didn't really, time. they didn't just say like you're this and we're not i mean they just were like um the story was uh i i really my mom would always tell me specifically i can't remember what heidi told nikki and leanne but um, my mom specifically told me i needed a baby and i wanted a baby and you needed a mama and so we have each other Perfect. now and the world brought us that's together. Beautiful. And so that was how I, that's how she would tell me. And she would always just like, I need a baby. I wanted a baby. You needed mama. And, um, and then she would refer to my birth mother as my tummy mom. And so there was, you know, some stuff that came about with that. Like, just, I mean, think about it, a kid, who, you know, you, okay, I'm a tummy mama. Okay. Uh, but you're my mom and we look different and all that stuff. And the family tree stuff was terrible in school. That was very traumatic, but <laughs> I was just like, shit. <laughs> Cause I remember I was in like first grade. First like, branch. Hey. Yeah. She was, <laughs> she was like, okay, I'm going to write your tree out and put your mom in there, mom. And I was like, um, what about tummy mom? <laughs> like, I just didn't know. Damn. And I like, it was a terrible day at school, but my mom yeah. had every, she, this woman, dude, like both of them, they always had the right thing to say at the right time. And they were very good at it. Um, she always had the best way to explain things. Um, you know, parents always have their ups and downs, but she did a really good job with it. Both of them did. And, um, but so anyway, we always knew that we were adopted yeah. the beginning it was, it was you were yeah. aware okay and, I and said, no, they introduced you know, like... us they introduced us as this is so to nikki and lou they introduced because they're corsted heidi corsted is their name and then sue ann dullard kate dullard because oh, china true. also yeah. doesn't support same sex so they did the whole hannah montana thing when because they come and visit the house they showed them the two separate parts of the house you live here i live here this is where kate will be this is where the other one will be they wouldn't have, um, they wouldn't have let your mom they probably wouldn't have. Had been, I don't yeah. think they would have. I think that I think I was a gimme because Nikki, my oldest sister, she was actually the first girl adoption through the agency that my mom used. And long story short, she had a long process. Um, Chinese culture is if you have like papers left on the desk, like it's gonna be a bad year. And Nikki's papers are still on the desk, so they're like, take the baby, have her, you can have her. And then, wow. and that was to Heidi. And so Heidi had the baby. This is why I say it's like puppies. My mom was like, oh, I want one, they're cute. <laughs> I'll go get one. And they told Screw her, they, uh, they yeah, let's go much. get another one. Yeah, yeah, they're not that expensive. We can afford another one. Um, so then um, they would always say to my mom, because Nikki was a successful adoption, they're like, Sue, if you want a baby, we'll get you the best baby. Like, we'll get you a baby. It'll be great. And so then they found me. And 
Dude, Nailed it. I wish I had a picture and I wish I could have sent it to you. I was a dopey looking baby. I had, like, you can kind of notice it now. One of my cheeks is bigger than the other one because I was malnourished, you know, dumpster babies, perks. But, like, we have a Legs weren't working. It's, yeah, a, it's, like, it's, you never there know. There were some problems. Box of chocolates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You never know what you're going to get. And, um, makes me think of Ben Bresson. But, um, we'd always call Forrest Gump. But so it was, it was like that and it happened very fast. And so, no matter what, they probably were going to let her have me or have a baby. Um, Damn. But they picked me because I was fat. So in China, fat means you have food and access to food. So you have money. Rich. Yeah. And so um, the woman, she named me Wang Feng, which means little empress, because I was a fat baby. And she told me, I asked her, I was like, where'd you get my name? She's like, you were fat. And I was like, okay. Because apparently I should have, I was malnourished, but I still was just fat. And there's a picture, it's called the red couch. It's very significant for girls, especially Chinese girls. Uh, there's a certain hotel that they all used to go to in the early adoption years. And we'd sit, we'd, they'd line us up on the red couch, all the babies that were getting adopted and they'd take a picture. All these babies were like oh. this big, right? In a picture. And then I'm just like this big and I'm bursting out of my clothes. And so it's just funny. And, um, but yeah, so like, oh. And kids too. Kids are mean. They'd be like, you know, squinty eye and, you know, talk about the nose and talk about yellow. And because, you know, I was, we were the only speck of diversity where I grew up too. So they were uh, just. That's where we were at. So that's a good yeah. segue back to where we were. So, yeah. So you, 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 were, you were talking about how you guys, you weren't very like, you were in a very non-diverse town. Yeah. General, and, and so it was, it was different. And. Um, everyone kind of had the lingering idea. Yeah, see, there's a red couch. <laughs> wow. Oh my god, I actually, that's so funny. I actually funny. have a couch almost exactly like this, which yeah, is it's even it's the, called the White Swan Hotel. Is the one that it's at. Um, it's in Guangzhou. Oh yeah, it says Guangzhou right there. White Guangzhou. Swan. Look at that. There it is. See, I'm not lying, guys. Wow. These are all truths. We're telling you all truths here tonight. Um, wow, that's wild. <laughs> that's so funny that it's there. Anyway, White Town, Swan, yes, Swan Hotel, so, Guangzhou, from Guangzhou to White Town. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Hickson. Hickson. No, no, not Hickson. That's Tennessee. Yeah. Big Fork. Big Fork, but Big Fork is a little spoon. Hickson. Um. It. Well, yeah. That's yeah. It's Big Fork. There's a river and there's a fork in the river, so it's called Big Fork. It's a logging. The creative. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it. It, it, it was just cool though. I mean, they were able to, you know, tell us and we were able to just be like, oh yeah, we're adopted. And um, we were so new, like just the idea of different colored people coming to town that there's a newspaper clip of me with my, I call it my mug shot, but <laughs> because it's the shot the picture they take of the baby that they send to the parent and they're like this is your baby and i'm surprised my mom was like okay i want that one because it's a rough picture i mean i'm dirty and my cheeks are like blown out this way and this one's squashed <laughs> and my head's weird shaped and it's rough and i just look pissed um but so she got that picture and um they put it in the newspaper and said dr dullard is welcoming a baby from china and no. she's gonna name her Catherine Gale Dullard. Like we were excited to welcome her into the town, and it was a big deal. Um, I don't think Nikki got one. I think I was the only one that got one. No, but, but like way. it was a big deal. Um, and so yeah, but it was very easy. I don't think I ever was confused or questioned that I was adopted, and it was it kind of you know became my joke. 
you know, if you just say the joke first, no one can hurt your feelings. Yeah. And so exactly. I would, I would, you know, crack jokes and stuff, which is why I am the way I am today. Um, I literally opened my stand-up routine with, yes, I'm Colombian. No, I didn't know Pablo <laughs> that well. Like That well. But yeah. we did go to dinner last night. Yeah, he's my cousin. Yeah. Twice I'll a row. back. I'll be out back later. Um, that's literally how you open, like often. Um, hey guys, hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I know I am. I wanted to give a quick shout out to the people that make this show possible, the people that bring this show to you. Uh, these are people who all sold books, and we're here to give a quick shout out to them in the spotlight uh, about their company and what they're up to. So if you're interested or if after listening to this, you're kind of wanting to know a little bit more, feel free to click on the links below to connect with these people. Uh, these are from an expert excerpt I have with them from a podcast that I do on the side. It's called Executive Exercises, where we take all our sponsors and they come into a think tank and share some awesome ideas about how to grow their business specifically on different topics. Go check that out. But I pulled some of the comments that they had explaining what they do and who they're looking for on their companies. And so if that sounds like you, like I said, click below. Hope you enjoy. That's okay. And actually, and this is good to, uh, I had Nick kind of explain this a little bit too, but because I've been in the insurance industry before for people who are listening, like, how do you make 115% commission? The way I explain it to people is the insurance companies we represent. So we're a broker. All these companies we work with, they know they're not really going to be making any money off the sales that I make for the first several years, but they don't care right. about that. They, they know these clients are going to be on the books for 10, 15, 20, 25 years. So no, they know they're going to make money over the long haul. And so part of the reason agents are able to make so much is there's all these companies out here and they're all competing for, for my, the broker's business because these companies don't actually have their own in-house sales force. They have independent contractors. And so if, they're, if their compensation or their commission levels that they offer aren't competitive, I'm not going to place any business with them. Hero, hero, off schedule moment. Wanted to tell you about Southwestern Real Estate. They're 99% drama free, only 99, not 99.9. .9, so it's a bit spicy. Kind of like this episode. Anyway, they will learn you to kick ass at real estate. So make sure you guys click the link below, get in touch with them. Okay, back to work. Bye. That'll do for now. Like I said, make sure you click below to get some more information. And now back to the show. No, I understand that. So, okay. So this is going into how you got recruited. So you're going into oh, this yeah. town. And so oh, tangents, Catherine. Here we go. My bad. Um, so <laughs> I mean, anyway. it's my fault. I interrupted with like, you know. Oh, no, that's fine. Were, I, no, you, know, you good. Um, it's our conversation. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> yeah, this is ours. Uh, ponytails. Where all the real talk happens. Um, so I, the reason I brought that up is because it's such a small town, 400 people. And it was K through 12 school, right? And it, my total graduating class was like 28. And it was the biggest big pork had seen. It was a really tiny school. And so Winona State was, I think there was 12,000 kids there. And so to me, that was huge. Like it was a big city, which Winona is a very small town. Um, like maybe an outskirt section of Nebraska is how big Winona was. And um, it was a state school. So it was, you know, it was very focused and um, it kind of felt like a high school vibe if you were to have gone to one of those bigger high schools. That's probably what it felt like where everyone eventually knows everyone. And so to me though, that was a big change that I needed to adapt to because that was a different dynamic than I was used to. I mean, I had to figure out how to get to the class and all these things. And, um, and so anyway, I it didn't work out there. There was some other stuff that had happened that we don't need to get into, but I ended up transferring to Duluth, Minnesota. Can you still hear me with that train? Uh, a little bit, but in the meantime, 
choo choo motherfuckers right <laughs> um so then i went to duluth and duluth was like double the size of winona but it was closer to my like where i grew up it was about two and a half hour drive whereas winona was about eight and so that was nice i had a foundation there of of a community because a lot of my high school friends would go to either Duluth or Minneapolis. Went to Big Fork. That's usually where you go to school. Duluth, sure. Minneapolis. Yeah, and Nebraska is the same way. I get you. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Is it just uh, the university the, there? There's like a small university in Kearney. It's a town. Just it's University of Nebraska dash Kearney and oh, University okay. dash Omaha. But I mean, most people go to to Lincoln Omaha. or out of state. But like, oh, okay. Yeah, Lincoln like, University of Nebraska Lincoln is the big one. But I so I got to I go to that one. We went to a game. It's for, fucking insane, we like right? A, we had like a meeting of the minds or something, and we had it in Nebraska. Insane, uh, right? Oh yeah, yeah. it was that, very, it was crazy, spectacle. very chaotic. It's I mean, I've been to European uh, stadiums with soccer teams with so I mean levels, right? But for college football, it's bananas. How crazy it yeah. is! Yeah, it's great. yeah, no, it was fun though, and everyone was just wired. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and it's cool that everyone's really too, nice. Yeah, yeah, that's really nice. I had cool. um, Alexis Ring. I had her. Do you, do you know her? She was a force mm-hmm. girl. No, I had her sweater for like three years, and I finally got it back, got it back to her. But, but anyway, um, both kids. You know. Yeah. Okay, so you go to Duluth. Um, yeah. Meet... So I go to Duluth. Well, so yeah. How did you? Because yeah, right. there's a boat here, and I'm looking for the boats. I forget you're like the land of lakes, so boats. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, well, no, we'll get to that. I lived on a boat in the Bahamas. I, Wait, I think you yeah. said you got recruited out of, the, out of a boat. Yeah, in the Bahamas. <laughs> but we'll get, we'll get there. We'll get there. What? Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. So This is I, wild. I'm telling you, Jake usually brings this up and gives me so much shit for it. So I'm surprised he didn't bring it up. Um, but, but so, um, yeah, so first day of classes, right? And technically I'm a freshman. At Duluth now. I'm a sophomore, but I'm a freshman because I've never been there before. And so my, you know, overachieving butt goes to the library and I have the map because this campus is huge. And to me, it's huge. To most people, it's probably normal. But the other big thing that's different with Duluth, and it's really unique and it's cool and it's nice, is if you've ever been to northern Minnesota, it's cold. All right. We're Eskimos. It gets cold. <laughs> and so there's a tunnel system that weaves throughout underground the campus so that you don't have to go outside yes. because the air will hurt you. And so, and things freeze and it's just not comfortable because then things are freezing where you don't think they should freeze on your body. And so anyway, so I'm trying right. to learn and like how to navigate through this campus. And so I go to the library. I figured out where that was. My older sister, Nikki, I've talked about her before. She went there. And so she was like, okay, go to the library. It's quiet. You can focus. And plus it's freshman freshman year for all the newcomers. And so they're, you know, screaming and all over the dorms. And I wasn't living in the dorms, luckily. But so it was chaotic everywhere else on campus. So I did go to the library for some quiet so I could focus. I was sitting there. I was sitting at a square table and I was by myself. And I went to... I can't remember what floor I was on, but it was like one of those big tables, big square tables where it was awkward if you were sitting across from someone. And um, I had also just broken up with a guy I had been dating. Um, It's a terrible guy. But anyway, broke up with him. So that was behind me. Um, And so I was just trying to start fresh. You know, I want, I had, no one knows me here aside from the people I, you know, went to high school with. And even them, they've been apart for a year. So like, I can be someone new. And so 
was at the library. I was like, okay, here's this class. Where is this on campus? How do I get there? And all of a sudden this dude like does this on the table. Now in hindsight, I know he was floating, but this kid, this chubby kid sits down and he's like, is it okay to sit here? I'm like, yeah. And my thought, initial thought was like, what the fuck is this kid doing? It's the first day on campus. Why isn't he drinking? The only reason I'm not out drinking is because I don't know where I'm going and I don't want to miss all my classes. And he's, he just sits down and he like, you know, sets all his stuff down and I'm like, what is he doing? And he had all these little sheets of paper float, yes, you yes. know, those little surveys. Mm-hmm. He had all these little sheets, paper, and he has a little calendar and all that stuff and he laid it all out. And Jacob, so I don't know how long you've known him or if you know him. Um, yeah, Jake. But you you could recruit Danny, right? So like you were around with Jake because Jake so for a decade, so he was there for a yeah, second. Yeah. Okay. So he was wearing Zubas and a cutoff, and he had like really intense tan lines, right? And <laughs> he and and um, oh so Jacob, he, yeah, and he did that whole. How was your summer? What what are you new here? Where are you from? Is this your first year? You know, all those, you know, cluster questions. And so I was like, gosh, this kid wanna talk. Like I'm trying to like figure out what I'm doing here. Um, but he was, you know, he was charismatic and he was nice and he was Jake. Was like, yeah, he was Jake. And I was like, he seems really sweet. I'll talk to him. Um, uh, maybe he just doesn't like maybe he's waiting for his friends to get here or something. Um, because I just was flabbergasted that he would just sit down at the library and go hang out with some random person. Um, and so we ended up talking about Southwestern because he's like, oh yeah, I did this thing this summer and I got to go to this place in the, in the U.S. And he was trying to flex, but in my head, I was pretty cocky but back then too, I was an asshole. And so in my head, I'm like, I've already been there, I don't care. Um, <laughs> but uh, so he's talking about that. Yeah, I was a butthead. And he was like, I did this, I did that. I learned all these you know, valuable skills and I've done it. This is my going to be my, I think it was his second summer that he saw me. It was early, maybe he was his third. It was early in his book career that he met yeah. me. Um, and he was old, way older than me too. I think I was turning 18 or something when I met him. And so then he talked about this and he's like, yeah. And I finally asked like, what were you doing over there? And you said you made this much money and you traveled. And he's like, I went door to door selling books. I'm like, okay, bye. Um, <laughs> and so that's cool. And I literally, I packed up my shit. I was like, that's cool, man. Uh, but I gotta, I gotta go. Um, <laughs> and then like, that was it. And then I saw him again. And because Duluth is also fairly small. And Jake, if you watch this, I might be getting some of these mixed up, but my brain is so chaotic. So I remember random parts. But essentially, we did become friends. We did hang out. We would, you know, play video games together. We would watch hockey games together. I met all of his roommates, which were book kids. So I met the Harrisville brothers. I met Warren. I met Taylor Hoffer, Sophie. Um, Olson. I don't know if you know any of these names, but they're JYD. So familiar. Um, yeah. Uh, Chelsea Bazell, uh, Riley Moore, and I met all of them before I sold books. Like this was literally the first year I'd known Jake, and he was introducing me to his friends. He was in charge of this bowling league, which he always flexes still to the states. Like I was in charge of the bowling league, and <laughs> it's like, dude, it's bowling, but. <laughs> I give him crap for it all the time. He knows. But, but Jake um, can make bowling cool. Like that's, yeah. yeah. He had his little ball. He had a bag for everything. It was cute. Um, 
Yeah. But so I hung out with him a lot and we would, we'd spend time together a lot every time. Then it became a thing to where he would go out and sell books during the summer. I was at a point in my life where throughout all of my college, I would pick a new spot somewhere in, you know, somewhere cool across the ocean where I wanted to go live and I'd go live there. And then I'd come back at the end of the summer. That's cool. And so, um, the first time, the first time after we had met, he wanted me to sell books. I was like, no, dude, I'm not. I mean, I'm planning to go. I think I was going to Australia that year. It's like, I'm going to Australia and we're just going to go with Australia for now. But I was like, no, like I, I'm not skipping out on that. Like, but I, I'm excited for you. Like have fun. And I would, I would entertain like talking about books. Sure. Um, and then when you come back, you know, he'd let me know. We'd meet up, eat dinner. We'd catch each other up on our travels. He'd let me know how many units he sold and how many people, all that stuff. And he, that time he had brought someone out. Um, and it was, do you remember the name Jared Nash? Maybe. Um, maybe. maybe. Okay. Well, so either way, there was a couple there might've been a year in between Jared, but either way, like that had happened to where that was a routine that we had. Like he'd go for the summer, I'd leave for the summer, we'd come back, catch each other up. And then he, you know, every time he could, he, I would go to all of their book kid gatherings and we'd all hang out. And that's where I met a lot of the book kids too. And so I hung out with book kids all the time. They were majority of my friend, my friend group of book kids. And they were all of them, Kate, you just sell books. You sell, sell books. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to sell books. Like, Everyone has tried to get me sell books. I don't want to sell books. Like I'm going to Europe this year, you know, like I'm doing all these other things. I don't want to. Sure. Um, and so then, and I've told Ray Petrosky this before. Uh, when I met Ray Petrosky, um, I had also met Jared Nash too, which that's another story. We can talk about that if you want. He thought I had this like romantic crush on him. I definitely had a crush on him, but not as like, I want to date you, but more just like, you're a great guy. And Professional. Adorable. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so but yeah he like sat me down he's like uh i don't like like you like that i was like dude i don't like you like that either i just think you're cute <laughs> i just want to hang out with you um but so yeah that was like yeah but he it was funny um but anyway so um i met jared and jared had worked with ray petrosky during ray's first summer and they came back after selling and jared was like oh yeah i'm bringing two other people with me i'm like okay cool I can meet new people. Great. And in my head, I'm like, it's going to be more book kids. Um, but so then we go to Seven Bridges. And if anyone knows Duluth, there's a trail called Seven Bridges because there's seven bridges along this trail. And at some of them, there's places to jump, like cliff jumping jump. And there's this really sketchy one that no one should jump. Many people have become paralyzed from jumping off of it. There was this group of kids that are hyping up this guy. And he's like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. My big mouth. Remember I said I was a cocky asshole? Well, I was like, dude, if you don't do it, I'm going to just do it for you because this is ridiculous. Like, I'm not, I want to watch something. And he's like, okay, go. So I was like, well, shit. I did say that, didn't I? And I kind of looked at Ray because I had just met Ray. And Jared, I was still kind of new with Jared. So I didn't want to think I was stupid. I was like, okay, you're right. So I like, you know, took my shirt off and I was like, I'm going to go. To this day, I'm so bummed that no one got it on video. Luckily, I had all those witnesses. Um, but I just ran and jumped. And you have to, I'm going to paint this for you. So this cliff, right? I can't remember exactly how high it is. It's high enough to where you can really get hurt. But so essentially, let's say this is the water, right? And this is the cliff. You have to clear some rocks, like just open rocks. Fuck. 
before you get to the hole that's really not that big of a target oh, to hit. No. To go into this like deep hole of water. And and the cliff to jump off has like a lip that's like falling rock, right? So it's not a great jumping surface. So I just run and I jump. And I, you know, I come back up. I'm like, whew, that was great. Let's do that again. And so I ended up doing it again, but I remember climbing out and being like, oh my God, you gotta sell books. That's a book girl if I saw one <laughs> and like saying <laughs> shit like that. Um, and the reason I bring Ray up is because that moment was great. They all jumped too. Um, Jared did, Ray did. I think mostly because they didn't want to like get shown up by a girl, but um, a non book girl, yeah, non book girl. Um, and I was psychotic. Um, a, a lot of the people were like, Jesus, what is wrong with her? Because no one actually jumps off that. There's like a handful of people that do. Um, it's really not a good idea, but um, but so after that, Ray started talking, and I had known Jake now for about three years, I'd known Jared for a handful of maybe months, maybe a year. I can't remember, but everyone that I knew wanted me to sell books. And when I met Ray, um, Jared started asking him questions as we were driving back. Like, you know, the, Oh, what'd you get out of this summer? What was your favorite part? You know, trying to get me to hear stuff, mm -hmm. which it worked because um, it triggered some really good conversation. And I think the biggest thing for me that the switch was I started noticing how, um, I remember going home that night and thinking about, you know, oh, all these things Ray learned. And I love Ray. Shout out to Ray. I love him so much. But he was such a little nerd. And he was like this big. And I was like, if this kid is out here doing all this shit and I'm, you know, not like that, mm, I need to beat that. <laughs> so <laughs> so I was giving like, up cliffs. Mentally. Yeah. And, you know, as you get to know Ray, he's a badass. Like, he's great. Um but at the time, I didn't know him very well. And I was like, okay, if you can do it, I can do it. And so then my, you know, my competitiveness got into me. But, um, but really what got me with Ray is that when he started talking about what he wanted out of life and what he wanted in his friends and how he wanted to be a dad and all these things, like what kind of parent he wanted to be, it was the depth of the conversation was just so pure and, and so intentional um, that it made me rethink you know, the, the phrase that you're the average of the five people you hang out with. I had never really heard of that until um, at, at that point in my life, but that's what I was thinking of. And that's what it was triggering for me. I was like, I, cause I've always loved to talk about deep stuff like this. I've always loved having really intentional conversations. I love Same. learning about people. Yeah. And that's why we vibe so well in the beginning. Um, and so I like that type of conversation. And when he started talking like that. And I know Jared had talked like that. Jake, that's why I hung out with Jake so much because he talked like that. And I was like, all the things and the people that I hang out with the most right now, they're selling books. And I was like, I am planning to live on the boat after I, cause I was planning to graduate early and then go to the boat and live on the boat. And we were going to, um, uh, I captained a boat with my mom. It was our boat and we were just going to sail. For a few years or whoever knew how long we were gonna go and then after that i was gonna do the peace corps and all these things but um but so anyway i was like i do want to do that but i mean maybe this will help me i mean it has clearly you know helped these guys and they're really cool to hang out with they seem to have goals i like goal-driven people um it was just the type of person that i liked spending time with that most of my friends who did mindless drinking or i don't know what i yeah. want to do i'll figure it out or i don't really care you know the apathetic kind of vibe 
Uh, and so then I was but, like, but sorry to interject. They still no, had something that you wanted. It sounds like they still had something that you, like, yeah. you identified hardcore with all of them. You got along already with all of them. You're probably a lot like them in a lot of ways, but there's still something that seemed to be missing that you weren't catching. I think the like yeah, I think the I think the biggest thing like. was was confidence. No, that's a good point. It was definitely the confidence and the fact. And then I started thinking about all the people I had met in books too. They were just like, "Hey, my name's so and so. Oh, your name's Kate. Cool." And they would remember your name. You know, just the confidence, the how they walked around and carried themselves. It was that. And I was I'm always yeah. and have always been bubbly, right? But initiating a conversation was terrifying to me. Jake also gives me shit for this. Um, shout out to Jake Osa a lot on this because I talk a lot about him because he was a big part of my life, especially my book life. Sure. Um, oh, but yeah. I, I hate making like carry out or, you know, dine out type calls, ordering pizza. And Jake loved pizza. You know who always, he he made orders pizza all the time? Me. And I hated it. And I would like hang it up on him and he'd like give me the phone and it was ringing. I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. So like the initiation of a conversation freaked me out. Um, and I'd never oh. sold anything tangible. I did a lot of sales type things um, sure. growing up. So it made sense. And I've always been kind of, you know, a salesy person, um, which is ironic too. We can't talk about it, but I never really got good at selling books <laughs> when I was, was selling books. Um, but, but that's what I liked. I liked the confidence. I liked how they carried themselves. And I really liked just the overall, I have a plan. I don't know if I'm going to hit it in this direct order, but I have a plan, you know, and I have a direction that I want to go. And that's what I wanted. Cause I, I mean, I was just floating around. I mean, I was living on a boat, literally floating around. Yeah. And, so how did that come about? How, where does the boat come in? Yeah. So, and at this point that is just what got me thinking about, I still didn't want to sell books really. I was still kind of just pondering it. So then flash forward, um, uh, I graduate in the winter semester and I graduated like in October or something like that. And then I was leaving for the boat and I was going to be there until who knows when. And so I had met with Jared here and there. Um, like we'd go hiking and stuff like that. And, or I'd go over to Jake's house and we'd all watch the hockey game and play guitar. Nick is really good at guitar. Um, and so we would all play guitar and, you know, sing and stuff like that. And, um, and I would go to the book meetings. I even went to one where they were like puking the whole time. And Whoa. I was first year, but like, right was there, yeah, it was a weird onboarding type thing, but no doubt. they were, they just were sitting there, they're, you know, having a beer or two and they had some first years there and they started telling war stories. I remember hearing that phrase war story and I didn't know what that meant. Um, <laughs> but Jake had said like no war stories, you know, for the first years, and because um, Ray was going to be a B contract and stuff like that. Um, but anyway, so then I left for the boat, um, and then I came back just for a little bit, just to because I, I think I was getting supplies or something. Um, but I had reached out to Jake because I was there for a little bit, and I was like, "Hey, do you guys want to meet up?" And um, eventually, I went to Jared, and I was like, "Hey, I think I do want to learn a little bit about this book thing." Maybe I do want to try it. 
And so then he did the interview process. It was kind of weird because he didn't really, because we were just friends already. So, you know, it was like flip through this. Okay, do a PowerPoint or something. <laughs> he's like, yeah, you're on the team. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, I know. You know I was recruited. Sign the like, DA. Oh, it's yeah. awkward. Like, I well, always he was tell a the rest of you to do something that you don't believe in. Like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah, and he like didn't he didn't like he was just like i'm gonna get her to sign a da so i signed my da um and then i remember telling my mom oh my god and i'm pretty i was pretty independent but she, she which was one like, um so i only call one of them mom um okay. it was the this is heidi this is mom and so my mom is the dentist and so i told my mom and she was just like you're doing what I was like, I don't know. It's like, you know, the classic, it's this company and they like sell stuff and like you get a lot of experience. And, like, and, no. and she's like, Kate, it sounds like an MLM. And I was like, what the fuck's in that? And she's like, you know, like one of those schemes and it's a scam. I'm like, uh, I don't think so. I mean, they fit her out for like a hundred years, I guess. <laughs> and yeah. all my friends do it, like my current friends. And she had met some of my friends. Like she knew Jake and stuff like that. I was like, Jake does it. And I've always told you that that's what he does in the summer. And she's like, ah, it just sounds weird. I mean, I really wish you'd just go to the master's program after sailing and blah, blah, blah. Um, I wanted to eventually run a whole organization with the Peace Corps. And that was the whole purpose of my education and stuff. Um, but so anyway, so she was just like, no, don't do that. <laughs> And I was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm an adult. I just just telling you out of common courtesy because um, I'm your daughter, uh, but I'm going to do it. And oh my God, my cat, I'm sorry. Oh, um, my cat. Yeah, I was going to say, is that yeah, your cat? I was, I was about to say, that, it's getting louder. <laughs> yeah, he, he just wants to come in. But um, but so then I, I ended up signing the DA, but then I went to the boat anyway after I got selected. And so then the plan was Jared was going to send me the first year book. He was going to zoom me in, like all these things. Because I told him too, I was like, hey, I want to do this, but I'm not staying away, away from the boat. I'm still going to go live on this boat. If I'm giving up the rest of my stuff, I'm going to go do my boat thing. And so I'm going to see if yeah. my wife that cat. I'm sorry. Um, it's okay. Damn it, Alan. <laughs> Alan's a little butthead. Um. But hey, you know what? It's you know it's super chill. It's so okay, I mean, okay you, cool. you're at home. It's no big deal. Yes. You, know, like, you, know, um, you can only do you can control. What you can control. God yes. damn cat. You can't Not control in my cat. controllables. He's he's yeah. uncontrollable. It is what um, it is. Although that's that, a loud ass cat. Yeah, he's right loud. That is he's, like he's throw terrible. the cat on the roof. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> and he says hello. Do you hear that? Hello. He's like. Yeah, sounds like dude, hello. That's, that's why I couldn't tell. I was like, the TV, someone, yeah, yeah no, that's wow. a cat. He's new, we got him for our dog, and honestly, the best friend, so it was a great decision. But he's a menace. Um, Alan. but you yeah, were on Alan. the boat, they send you all the materials, yes. You said, I'm going to the so they didn't. in the summer. Oh, they shit. Didn't send materials because I didn't have service, I'm on a fucking boat in the middle of the ocean, and but we have Wi Fi, so I thought off the coast come. of the Bahamas. No, so we were in the northern Abaco. So it's like a little more north of Exuma, but away from Florida a good bit. Like it's a day's boat ride from Florida. That's still bananas. Like you are yeah. in the middle of the ocean just chilling. I, I went to one you? virtual like meet where I met this girl named Taylor, who I'm still in contact with. Um, she ended up being my roommate my first year. Um and we were like one of the, we were two of the, like, I think it was us and Corinne Hauser and one other girl 
who out of maybe 20 kids finished. Um, but anyway, so I got to meet that one time and she went to Winona and that's how I met her was because mm-hmm. Jake was like, oh, hey, we have another girl from Winona. Like you guys can vibe with that. And I was like, cool. But Jared was my student leader, right? And, um, but he didn't send me any of the stuff and, or maybe I'm, I know I didn't get it. Maybe he tried and I just didn't, it's it didn't download or something. Yeah, maybe it's yeah. still out there. Um, I, all I know is I never got it, right? And so the plan was, so here's the other part of the first year, like coming onto the, uh, coming back to the story is that I was on the boat. The plan was I was going to finish my time at least for the fall, the um, winter and the spring on the boat. Then I was going to come back for um, mini sales school, which um, did it happen? I think it did happen. Mini sales school. Then after mini sales school, I, I, oh wait, no, it didn't happen. I'm sorry. It didn't happen. I didn't go to mini sales school. I forgot there was weather and I wasn't able to make it. So I didn't go to mini sales school. I was supposed to go to mini sales school, but then I was walking because that's the other thing. Um, with it is that my family, my family did pay for my college. And so I was like, I'm going to walk, you know, because thank you to my family. And it's, it's kind of cool to walk, you know, get your robe, right? Yeah. Throw it up deuces. Um, So then I was going to go back and walk, which everyone else didn't walk. And so I was going to drive by myself right after the, right after the ceremony and drive to Nashville by myself and meet them there. And he just Jeez. sent me an address. Yeah. So, and all of that happened. So I remember I came back after all that. I finally got back. I walked, saw my family for about two hours, ate some food with them. I got in the car. I started driving to Nashville. See ya. By myself. They were already there. I was getting there a day late. And so I, I drove overnight through the night. I got to Victory Lane, right? And I pull in and I'm, I'm pretty late and I'm kind of nervous because um, Jake was, he, um, he had texted me. I was, cause I hadn't heard from Jared. I was like, dude, what's going on? Like, I didn't get anything. Yeah. Um, and, and cause Jake sent me something. You didn't even Jake have the sales talk. Nothing. Right. So Jake, and I'd never seen it. I'd never heard it. Um, I'd never done a training before. I didn't have training. Um, I just like left after he, I signed the DA. Uh, but so Jake had said something. He was the OL. It was him. And I think it was him and Taylor that were the OLs, um, which I'll still, and this has nothing to do with Jake or Taylor. I love them both. But Shane Blick and um, J-Flo and Jeff Powers, they were my OLs that summer because- Jeff Powers. Yeah, Jeff Powers. I had a huge crush on J-Flo and I think every first year did. Um, but, and and Blick like scared the shit out of me. He He was just like super intimidating in the best ways but I was terrified of him. Um, and I think it was his B contract OLing. I think he was an AOL, AOL, but then transitioned to OL because of certain situations that year. But anyway, um, I claimed them because all of our org quit. So Jake and Taylor, like they had a lot to deal with. Like they all quit like within the first couple of weeks. And then all of our HQs were all over the place. It was a mess and uh, it was quite the summer. Um, and so at Sunday meetings, we met up with Blix Org and Jeff Powers and JFlo. And JFlo, I don't think was OLing or anything. I think he was just student leader. But um, and it was like Jenna Rogers and stuff like that. And um, and so that's why I claim them, just because they were the ones speaking all the time. They were the ones giving direction, giving PCs, things like that. And so um, anyway, I get to sales school and. 
I see people sprinting everywhere. I'm like, what <laughs> the fuck? And I'm like, is this the right place? And people are running around with these book bags that I've never seen before. Because I remember I didn't have an, I never went to an information meeting. I didn't do any of that nothing. stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nothing, you, Jared wanted to practice on me once. Yeah, he was like, can he was like, can you meet up? Like, I want to practice my information on you. You know, like that's what you would do, especially as a new recruiter. That was like your line. That In you your say. situation, one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, and um, but he didn't even do it. We ended up talking about like hockey. Um, so I had never <laughs> seen any of this stuff, and I was just like, I think this is the right place. And there are a bunch of college age looking kids, but why are they sprinting everywhere? And why is people shouting? I just didn't get it. I was so confused. And so I walk up and I met, um, oh, and I had met Sarah Mercer at the time. So, and that was the other thing that was helpful. I knew a lot of the older book kids. So I went and sought out Jake. I went and sought out um, Sarah Mercer because she was, I think that was her first year um, doing all of the yeah. facilitating stuff. Um, so I sought her out. I uh, had met AJ, um, stuff like that. So just to kind of figure out what I was supposed to do. And um and Jake was like, did you practice your sales talk on the way here? I was like, what the fuck's a sales talk? And he's like, oh, oh you'll no. see. So I had, ne- and then, you know, you go into oh, a big no. auditorium and Mark Rao comes on and, and um, uh, they're all talking about like, here's the approach. I'm like, what's an approach? So I had never seen any of this stuff before. And everyone, and then they were like, okay, competition time. And I'm, I mean, big competitor. So I was like, okay, let's go. Like, I'm going to beat everyone. Like, you got to say your sales talk. I'm like, I don't know what a sales talk is. So I remember going to Jake and be like, what is the sales talk? And you like flipped for it for me. I'm like, okay, so I just have to say that. And so I just started, you know, reiterating and regurgitating essentially everything I could, could try and memorize. Um, I got a few points, but I sucked uh, because I didn't know what I was doing. And like people were picking up their bags and I was like, what is happening? And so I was just shocked and oh it was just God. chaos. Um, so that was like my whole experience. That was complete blank. Yeah, I just didn't know what, what was happening. Um, and then, wow. oh my God, Jenna Rogers was my roommate and she was butt ass naked in the morning, sprinting to the shower. And I, I didn't know what to do. So I was like, all right. And so I jump in and um, Taylor, she was my roommate in sales school too. I remember I threw her, right? Which is usually a B contract tactic, right? The swimming method. Well, I, I like threw her into the shower and she like cut her back. Um, and Jenna was like trying <laughs> Jenna was trying to get over us and Taylor was like clawed. Taylor has huge hands, right? We always tease her about having man hands. She gripped the frame of the door with her feet like starfish and we were trying to like pull her. And this was after she's like bleeding on her back. And you know, so all of this was happening and they didn't prep me on anything because I didn't know what was happening. But like, it was just pure chaos. And now I I realize I'm kind of jumping all over the place. So I apologize. Um, But like, it was just overall sales school was just, chaos for me and i just didn't know what was happening at any point in time i never really got to work on my sales talk because i didn't i had to play catch up the whole time um and then after that we were getting ready to go to the field right um i'm fast forwarding quite a bit just because i don't want to babble too long but um jake pulls me aside i'm like where's jared he's like oh he's not coming out this year it's like oh okay you're cool. well, that makes sense. cold before yeah. The sales school. Yeah. That's and I was like, fucked. and so I was like, and it, and it, it was a, you know, like a valid reason. Um, there was some, you know, personal stuff at home. Um, but the shock of 
like plus he was my friend so i cared about him too so like i remember yeah. trying to text him oh. be like hey dude like i hope all is okay blah 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 <sighs> um and i definitely wasn't mad at him it was more just like i was kind of hurt because i was like i dropped everything to do i was this. gonna say it to do this and then yeah. you're not even gonna be here so you know what i mean and I didn't... and like and like it, there's a whole letdown there right there's like yeah you know, let you down and again what uh, for whatever reasons i'm not here to judge right jared on, i don't even know jared whatever but from your standpoint it's like dude what the hell i'm like I mean, luckily you knew other people there, which really probably was my yeah. because if it had just been just him that like, was like talking to you about what this was, you would have gone home probably. Right. I don't know. Maybe not. Well, know. I'm just saying like. Well, I'm not really a quitter either. So like, and luckily, I think it was the fact that I did know Jake. I did know Ray. Yeah. I, that has Riley, to help. Yeah. Riley. I knew Riley. I had met, um, I think it was Amber Leatham. Of course, they pull the other Asian to meet the Asian because there's only like three Asians ever that sold books. <laughs> she was still but, there at the time. That's right. Yeah, she was still there. Um, I think her and Will were together at the time. That's well, how long yeah, it was. I remember that. Wow, um, I do remember that. I was, I was, yeah. That was the summer I took off, but I remember the. I was still stuck. I was in the loop still. And that was like. Really? Yeah. 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 And, and so it was really nice to know them. And so they were all like, okay, hey, you can do that. I remember Chelsea Bazell was really big too. And Jenna Rogers was like my rock. Um, Jenna Rogers, I would love to have her on the show. I've tried to reach oh, out to her. I think she probably doesn't check her Facebook, but I'm like, yeah. I want her awesomeness. To yeah, just talk she's, to her. she's great. She was great. I have a lot of good stories with her too, but um, but then we like went into the field, um, and then we didn't have HQ set up, and sure. I didn't know really what that was either, because again, everything was just like surprise. Here's the process, because I'd never gotten the bird's eye view or anything from Nothing. the info. Yeah, so I was just kind of going with it. Um, and I trusted Jake, like he was one of my closest friends at the time too. So I just was like, he's, if I'm here, if he's here, I'm good. Like whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, cause at that point he was the only one that I had knew for a long time. And plus Nick was selling, but he wasn't in our org, but like knowing that he was out there selling was helpful. And I knew Taylor, um, Taylor's actually living in their basement, <laughs> but, um, uh he was like a tack on on the lease that they didn't know about one of those situations um but so then we went into the summer and we didn't have an hq and jenna was supposed to be our manager in our hq and it was taylor and myself but then day two happens and they took jenna away so then taylor and i were on our own and it was the blind leading the blind and so from then on out it was just taylor and i and taylor and i could not have asked for a better first year roommate um, I ended up having multiple roommates because she left early. Like she finished early. She did finish. Um, I stayed out. Not longer an early because, champion, but she. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. She did a full summer, um, but I just stayed. I think I worked 12 weeks my first summer. Oh, nice. Something like that. I stayed till like September. Um, or maybe it was late August. Either way, it was because I wasn't in school. I had graduated. Yeah. Um, so I didn't Me have too. to go back to anything. So she had left early and then I ended up meeting Corinne Hauser and she was one of my roommates. And then a girl named Kelly Torrey, who is now Kelly something else now because she's married. But um and Baron Marshall, that's when I met him. I actually yeah. met I actually met Baron because I was like naked. He like I like came out, uh, he came into our room. It was a really like fucked up HQ. Like it was like very um yeah, he was not saying he's walkable. Like Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. You yeah, tell us about that. And I was like, oh, man, that's just an unfortunate, like, comedy of errors of running. Yeah. Into how that turned out. Yeah. 
That's and so if you wild. think about it, the OL the OL is just you know probably hauled ass trying to figure that out, and they found something. Yeah. So good kudos to them. But yeah. and to us first years, we didn't know any better. Yeah. So like and, we didn't you know, care for them. That was like best case scenario given the circumstances. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, Dylan Buck was the manager there. Um, but so I finished my summer out with them, and it was in Ohio. And uh, but yeah, because <laughs> I was like, I'd just gotten done showering and Corinne and I both worked really late. Like we get home at like one in the morning um, and he, like walked into the room because he would sometimes come in. He was sleeping in a closet, <laughs> like just on yeah. this little yeah. box mattress he made. And so he'd come in and I was like, oh, shit, there's guys in this place. <laughs> and he's like, hi, I'm there. <laughs> I'm like, hi, I'm <laughs> I'm also barren. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. And but he was a sweetheart. And so um Oh yeah, dude. He's like the nicest. Yeah, he was dude great. Ever. And yeah. and so that started that. And um so we ended up being really friends to the whole, you know, book world, uh book lifetime. But um That's so fun. Yeah, it was it was Zanesville, the Zanesville HQ. That's what it's called. It was, whew, it was rough, like rickety steps. And you had to get up these big steps every day, especially during delivery week. You had to haul all these books up like two oh, flights no. of stairs. It was like a narrow stairway. So you were like trying not to pinch your fingers on the wall, carrying all these cases of books. And especially the big books, if you had like a six set and you're trying to haul this thing up the stairs, oh my God. It's brutal. Like inventory and stuff is terrible. Um, but yeah, so then we did that. And then we finished out our summer um and by the end of it there was like three of us that's so so yeah i know that was all over the place but that was no it's all good onboarding first year process during the summer kind of thing i mean those are the usual experiences i ask about anyway so great yeah um Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I know I am. I wanted to give a quick shout out to the people that make this show possible, the people that bring this show to you. Uh, These are people who all sold books and we're here to give a quick shout out to them in the spotlight uh, about their company and what they're up to. So if you're interested or after listening to this, you're kind of wanting to know a little bit more, feel free to click on the links below to connect with these people. Uh, These are from an expert, excerpt I have with them from a podcast that I do on the side. It's called executive exercises where we take all our sponsors and they come into a think tank and share some awesome ideas about how to grow their business specifically on different topics go check that out but i pulled some of the comments that they had explaining what they do and who they're looking for on their companies and so if that sounds like you like i said click below hope you enjoy on on a note from a i'm trying to think like if i was if i was looking into this and for people who listening who might be like hey this actually I want to learn more about this. What's the barrier to entry? Like maybe I'm sitting here and I'm like, man, I would, that sounds cool, but I don't know shit about insurance. Like I, why would I want to go talk to people? Yeah. The, the barriers to entry, I think are really pretty low. Uh, everybody would probably have a different opinion, but in terms of just be able to get out the door and go sell, you've got to, you've got to get a license. I have my life and health license because you needed the health license at Family Heritage, or if you want to sell Medicare products or certain types of health products, right. you have to have the health side. But what it takes to get either one or both of those licenses is roughly the same. You take a study course, you may need to study for 15 hours, you may need to study as many as 30 hours. But like with Cardinal, we've got a, a, a pretty cool course from studying to getting your license can can be as quick as like seven to 10 days if you really 15 to 20 if you're moving at a medium pace. And beyond that, if it takes you longer than that, you're just not really all that motivated to start because it's yeah. not a difficult process.
Yo, let's get off schedule one last time. Go watch a movie, or maybe you should figure out how to work at Enlight Energy. Alex Black is crushing it down there, and a former DSM, Julio Hernandez, are both running this company. And man, they are cranking 10 people on their team and growing. It's enough that uh, Alex only has to sell like one thing every other week and make over six figures. So if you want to learn more about that and maybe help change the planet, click on the link below. That'll do for now. Like I said, make sure you click below to get some more information. And now back to the show. Let me ask you a little bit about, I'm thinking, like I, I wanted to hear, I mean, and I'm sure stuff will come up naturally, but I wanted to hear about what you're up to now because that sounded so interesting um, in in your, in the bio. What is it? The, Try and say, yeah. Neuro yeah. Uh, <laughs> bio. It's so long. Bio neurofeedback. Bio Also what, known as what is that? And I don't mean to jump around. I'm just like, just this is like I want to. I wanted to make sure we got this uh, answer because I'm. What if, the hell is that? No, yeah. So it's super cool. It's a it's a therapy practice, or and it was conceptualized based on trying to help adolescents who are dealing with any type of learning disability or like mental struggle so like adhd autism neurodivergence any yes very good word choice yeah i I don't know why i didn't think of that um thank you um but it Uh did come out uh like a while ago and the whole purpose was to focus with kids and working on that demographic specifically and then what ended up happening is it made its way into like sleep study programs and i'll get to what it is in a second but sleep study programs very very focused facilities, right? With specific programs. That's kind of where it lived and or practice privately. Like if they had practitioners that were doing it out of a separate office or their home, kind of like therapists can do out of their home. Um, Bioneurofeedback practitioners can also do it privately as well. Um, But if you Google it, since you're able to Google, you can just type in brain mapping is the easier way to say it. Oh, I know what that is. Yeah. And so it's brain mapping. Bioneuro is is the official name or the... So the reason that... So there's different types of brain mapping. Our specific program that we use is bioneurofeedback because we do what's called an EEG stands for an electroencephalogram. It's very similar technology to like when you go to a hospital, you get your heart rate monitored by either, you know, finger probe or band. Um, yep. Similar technology only it's on the head. And the focal areas are certain spots within the head. Um, and so the purpose of it, and I think the easiest way, I don't know what you found on Google. Uh, there's lots oh of gosh. great resources, TED Talks, um, research studies from like places like Harvard, you know, Johns Hopkins, stuff like that. They have them. Um, I've heard of Harvard. Yeah, (laughs) you know, that place and that, that. yeah. So QEG, Um, so the easy way to describe it is there's essentially wave patterns that are going off in your head at all different times. And there's typically a certain time when one of those is going to overpower the others. For example, like Delta, you know, like when you think of, oh, I need to get into my Delta wave pattern. That's usually when you're trying to slow down your relaxing, meditation, things like that. Sleeping is a big one with Delta. Let's say there's another one, and there is, it's called Beta, and that's your busy one. So like a car, you're going to put the gas on because you're accelerating to go faster. Right now I'm using my Beta. Like I'm moving, I'm talking, I'm gesturing, I'm engaged. That's all Beta. Emotions are Beta. And so 
let's say I'm trying to go to sleep and I'm trying to get into Delta. But what's happening is I'm thinking about, oh, I didn't get this done. I didn't get that done. Oh, and tomorrow I got to do this. And since I didn't get them done today, I got to do that. I'm probably not going to sleep because what's happening is my beta is overrun my Delta. And so what you can do with bioneurofeedback is you can tell the, the, the frequencies that those wave patterns are going off, just like a heart rate, you want it to have a nice steady beep, beep, beep. So if you can tell that it's exceeding, you know, a, a, a proper frequency or not exceeding it, then the feedback that's given to them via machine, we have a little amp. It almost looks like a, um, a uh, like one of those pedal shifters for like a guitar, you know, like those loopers. It looks like that. It's a little square amp. Um, and there's different shapes of them, but the purpose of them is that it can measure those. You put little sensors on the spots where you want um, once you find the problem areas in the head. And problem is used very lightly. Problem just means when there's overactivity or there's not as much activity as there the should focus be. areas, if you will. Right. right? It's, it's just like a dysregulation area. It doesn't mean like that person's bad or like your brain dead. <laughs> Nothing like that. Or it's just you like, have brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. Yeah. Um, because these wave patterns, if they give off certain frequencies, they will cause certain symptoms. Super minor ones like a tick or... Um, a foot tap or maybe a headache, migraine, things like that, all the way up to more severe things like PTSD, anxiety, depression, things like that. So what you can do is if you're able to go to the source, so we do what's called a brain map. um, That's what that QEEG, you can go to the map and what you get from the map as a practitioner is you put this little cap on their head and it reads with sensors all over the brain. And so what it does is it picks up the frequencies, the electromagnetic energy they give off, same thing like your heart rate does. Um, and if it picks up that, you know, oh, this in this realm of the brain, which is like, let's say you're looking at your frontal lobe, there's certain responsibilities that are for the frontal lobe, right? It's like short-term memory, you got facial recognition, you have um, decision-making is up there, impulsivity, things like that. Let's say that's all over the place or it's, high right all that means is that's that's a very dysregulated area and that's and a lot of times that's due to you know that person let's say they're a cop you know that make a lot of decisions on the fly or let's say they're in um athletics and they have to always be thinking on their feet you know so that part of the brain is always being utilized and so that's the same thing that we do throughout the whole brain once with the map once you find those areas you're able to then um, pinpoint which ones are the most dysregulated, that's where you can get sensors and place them directly on those specific areas and train them just like you would go to the gym to train your biceps. You're going to go and train your actual biceps and do curls and, and you know, whatever type of push-up you want. If you want triceps, you know, you're going to close the your stance a little bit. You're not going to work on your legs if you want a bigger arms. So the same thing with your head. Right. You can go to the gym for your head and focus it on a specific spot. And what it's doing in there is similar to like training a dog, the repetition of like, say, I want to train my dog to sit, right? And the first time I get this puppy, the puppy's going to like lick its butt or something. It's not going to know what I want. But eventually when I say sit, it's going to place its butt on the ground. I'm going to treat, right? And reward that dog because that's exactly what you want. And the feedback comes in the name of the specific QEG that we do 
because what's happening is they either do it through visual stimulation or audio or both. So you can watch a show, you can listen to music. I like watching um, binaural beats with like a visual with it. So it's got like kaleidoscope stuff plus that calming sound and you give them things to focus on. So like I have clients and they want to focus on um, colors. So I'll be like, okay, focus on the color blue for as long as possible and then go to orange. And then after that, go to red, right? And you give them a little mm. task to do. Um, and what that's doing is it's just stimulating that part of their focal area. And so they're able to stay engaged. And so what's happening though, is we have a set protocol. And so that protocol is set as soon as our machines recognize that, you know, their frequencies are going above or below, that's when it communicates that feedback, that's the name, to the brain via, it pulls the dimness down of the screen, which the brain doesn't like, and the sound comes out. So it gets really quiet and you can't see it as well. So your brain technically doesn't know what it's doing. It just knows I want brighter screen and I want more sound. So I'm going to do everything I can to get that. And it rewards the brain with the bright screen and the bright sound. And so what's happening in the brain, yeah, it's really cool. And so what's happening in the brain is like, um, um, there's all these neuro, neurological pathways in your brain. And sometimes some of them get forgotten. Sometimes you don't use them. Maybe you didn't even realize they were there. You know, the whole concept of we don't use our whole brain. It's mm-hmm. things like that. And so you have people that because their wave patterns are off, they're off. And so what this does is it reopens those, those areas. So that way the brain can take more paths. And so, you know, I have clients that, um, a big one, she, um, that was really cool. She was like on mars when she got to us um, i work in a treatment facility and i work with other treatment facilities doing this and um and so i had her in brain mapping and she had a panic attack during her training and i went up to her because i could tell you can see everything i wish that that's why i clicked this i originally booked this at 11 thinking it was in the, the afternoon i was going to be at my office so i could show you um, but essentially I can see the wave pattern and I can see it skyrocket and I can see when something's up, I can notice muscle tension and things like that. And so I tapped her shoulder. I was like, Hey, are you okay? And she's like, I think I'm having a panic attack, which is great. Cause I'm trained in that. So I was like, okay, cool. Do you mind if I keep you hooked up and hooked up? They don't feel anything. It's non-invasive, which is also a great thing. So it's, just it's not like the matrix. It's not like the matrix. They don't feel anything. They don't get shocked. Nothing like that. Um, but so I was like, can I keep you hooked up? And um, I was like, I'll show you why when we're done, but I'll take your headphones off and I'm just going to be here with you. Do you want me? And I, you know, you always ask them, what do you need? Do you like to be touched? Do you like to, you know, you want me to be back here? And so I talked her through it, you know, we grounded her, things like that. You're here. So-and-so is here. You're safe. All these things, Um, you know, five things you see, smell, hear, taste, all that stuff. And she calmed herself down. Right. And I was just there. It was kind of like a PC. She coached herself through it. I was just there to kind of guide her in the background. So then when she was done, I was like, Hey, you want to look at this? And, um, and she's like, yeah, I want to see it. I'm like, okay, cool. So I pull it up and you can see where the panic attack hit because her anxiety levels went up. You can see it skyrocket. You can see where her muscles got really tense and she started getting really nervous. Um, you could tell that she was feeling very agitated, um, all just by her wave patterns. And then you could also see them go back down as she was talking herself down. And I said, you did that. And she's like, I did. I was like, yeah. Do you remember me doing anything? She's like, I mean, you kind of give me an idea of what to do. I'm like, yeah, but you did it. She's like, I can do that. I'm like, yes. 
And so it was very validating for her to be able to see wow. tangible that she wow. can move herself through that. And so it was really cool um, because we do have situations like that where other on the other side of that spectrum, we have clients where I notice things in their training sessions. And I'm like, at the end, I go, hey, man, are you okay? Or um, what, what's going on? Is there anything happening? And they go, why? I'm fine. I go, well, I mean, based on your numbers, this is what I'm getting. And everything with biodiversity and brain mapping for what I specifically do with the QEEG and EEG and all that stuff. There's other ones too, um, which could be for another time. But, um, but basically I know something's wrong. It's all based on probability though, because I'm not a clinician, right? I didn't go to school for neurology or anything. This is all a separate course I've taken. I've gotten certified things like that. Um, mm. But I've known, I've learned a lot. I've done a lot of repetition with it. I've had a lot of experience with it. Um, and so I don't, I can't be like, oh, you, you know, got in a fight with your mom this morning so I can see that. All I can see is, hey, your weight patterns are showing me that you are very anxious right now, or you have a tendency to become anxious or agitated. Is there something going on? Um, this morning I had a client and his Delta lines were like through the roof. And I was like, Hey man, have you gotten a change in medication lately? He's like, actually, yeah, they put me on new sleeping meds. I'm like, how are you sleeping? He's like, terrible. I'm like, okay, that explains it. So like, I see, I see those little things. Um, but I have had clients, they come to me like, actually, yeah, something's wrong. Like, can we talk? I'm like, yeah, of course. Um, cause I'm not part of the clinical team. So that that's another, it's, I, it's like the student leader to the first year that, that it's a B contract and not the OL or AOL. Sure. They feel or they're like in a different they org feel, or something, right? Yeah. So they're like, "Oh, I can peep on you. I can tell you without you telling mom and dad," you know. And so yeah. they'll tell me, "Hey, I, you know, I relapsed." And I'm like, "Oh, who knows? You know, I'm probably." I mean, they're like, "No, you're the first person." And so that gives me an opportunity to be like, "Okay, well, let's go talk to someone that can, you know, help you with that situation. Do you need help having that conversation? I can go with you, or do you want to do it on your own?" Um, and so. At the same time, I'm able to, you know, facilitate a way for them to not only get it off their chest and be there for them as a confidant, but also be there as, you know, someone on staff that's going to help them with this journey that Actually, they're on in sobriety. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and hold them accountable. And so um, that's happened a handful of times. And we've also had clients, too, when it comes to the success with it, um, is that there's one that I talk about. He had a... A, a TBI, a really bad traumatic brain injury from a car accident. And he had overdosed at the wheel, right? And he almost died. Um, mm. Like he had this huge oh scar, God. sweetest guy though, but huge scar, right? And um, he was, you know, he's dazed every now and then. He definitely couldn't like hold a straight eye contact very well. He really struggled with that. Um, but after I'd seen him for a while, and he had a lot of pain all over his body. And because he was fresh out of detox, you know, things like that. I work primarily with substance abuse, mental health. So you see that a lot. And so mm -hmm. just to fill in the gaps. But so anyway, after working with him for a while, he stopped seeing like, spots in his vision. He wasn't getting migraines anymore. You know, all these different things that he was reporting. And I keep track of that progress. But you could see it changing not only in his data chart, but also in his life. And the fact that he was able to see that and live that and then, you know, share that with me was really cool. Um, so it's a really great program and definitely not for everybody, just like everything else. And a lot of people have their doubts about it. And some people think it's a hoax. But if you work with the people and are a part of it, 
you you see the change. You, it's it's right up in front of you. Yeah. Like there's you know, so I mean if it uh, works, it that's works. That's been really you know? cool. Yeah. And that's been really cool to kind of be a part of. So now it's come to the point where I go to other facilities. Hey, I got this. You want that? <laughs> it's if not, that's okay to, you know. And so I show them that if they want to, we can sign them up with a contract with us and then we go and they get the program too. I train someone up, show them how to do it, get them certified, you know, all of that that goes into the logistical part. And then they have bio feedback as part of their treatment program within that facility. That's so it's really so fun. Fucking wild. Yeah. Um, do you know Christian? Um, why am I struggling with Debay? Yeah. 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 I know Christian. So he came up, him and, a year ago. Oh, did you? Him and Ben Bressler came up. Not up, I guess, down. We we're two hours south of the company, but they came down um, and we did a brain map on them because Christian had been doing some, you can get, you know, little EEG gadgets that you can get at home. And so he had some of those and he wanted to compare and contrast. And then Whitney Armstrong. Um, I, she love came, Whitney. She came down. I love I Whitney. I love too. Whitney too. Um, I really miss talking to her. We got, uh, when did you sell? Do you mind me asking that? 20, no, it's fine. 2012 to 20, well, 12, 13, 14. I skipped 15 and came back for 16. Oh, okay. I did remember you vaguely because I was like, I swear I saw him when I was selling books. So when I was a B contract, you were still selling then. I came back from my last summer, yeah. Yeah. So when you, yeah. And because I came on when like Ritzer was leaving. Yep. Yep, I came in the year after Ritzer left. Yeah. Which stood, right? But stood. Speaking Ritzer. of someone we need to have on the podcast. Yeah, Timothy. dude. That'd be that'd be cool. Timothy, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. And you were with Forrest, right? So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then it was uh it was there was a lot of change happening too at that point, especially in the forest, but really all over. Um it was a really interesting time for sure. But yeah, kind of cool, man. That's yeah. oh, that's so crazy about like how you can like map the brain. I just feel like the brain is just one of those things where we're still like we know a lot about it, but we still don't know that much about it. You know, it's like it's like this crazy stuff. It, oh, yeah. it named itself. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? That's yeah. fucking weird. Yeah, it's um, cool, and there's just like you said, there's so much that like we don't know about it, and learning about it more and more is really cool and hearing, you know, feedback from the clients, they come in and some of the best ways that I track progress is I I've learned from the clients. I have one client, she came in, she's like, Hey, Kate, I, I started a emotional planner. I was like, what's that? And she essentially made a, a map, like a map key of different emotions represented by different colors. And then she would fill in that color, whatever day it was. And that was the overlying emotion that she felt. And the goal was, and what she noticed after, you know, brain training for a while is that that would, that negative emotion, her biggest one was depression and anxiety. They eventually stopped showing up on her map. She'd have one here and there, but it wasn't every day, all day. And so that was really cool. And she liked that. And so I use that to this day still. Yeah. So it's really cool. Um, and usually they feel exhausted. It, if you do it right, you should feel like you took a big exam and your just brain is yeah. just dead. Yeah. Yeah, because emotionally you're going through some shit. 
Mm-hmm. And mentally. That's so bananas. 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 I'm just this is this has been so cool. I no binaural feedback book kids? No, not not yet. That's (laughs) it's super fascinating. Um um, let's see what's that. Um, what do you say? It might be time for some ponytails. What do you say? That was oh my god, what time is it for you? Oh, it's only two. The night is young. In the morning? Yeah. You watch your mind. <laughs> oh, because you're on the eastern side of yeah. Tennessee. We're on the east. It My is bizarre. God. Tennessee has three different time zones. Yeah. Why? Wait, what? That's what's, yeah, I it's it was central, central eastern. I, th- I swear there was one more. Mostly because there was an org that I worked with one summer and we had to split between three different. Oh, maybe because some of us were. No, that wouldn't make sense. We had to split it between like three different um, time zones. Maybe I'm just losing my mind because the book field, everything does go blurry. Yeah. Or maybe there was like a town that didn't subscribe to either time zone. (laughs) No, we're having our own. Fuck it. Yeah. It Um, is now o'clock. Wow. Well, yeah. Okay, so let's jump into uh, into some ponytails. Here's the deal. Here, here's my suggestion. If there might be some stories that we didn't even get to get to catch up to, which, by the way, that just means you have to come back. This is not a common <laughs> occurrence in our in our show. I would love to have you and your wife back on, because uh, oh, we often time we often fun. like this. Just this just happened. This uh, 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 well, by the time this airs, it'll be later. But back in February, we had um, um. A married couple, like we had for Valentine's Day, we had a married couple, so a couple that met because oh, of that's cute. Other book, and then last year, all of February, we had couples, only straight couples, and like not straight as in sexual orientation, but just like only couples that uh, that actually only hetero couples. No, that was um, a great moment. I wish you would have just kept it. I was just gonna yeah, roll with it. <laughs> that was a great moment, actually. <laughs> though they were all straight, so maybe we should have like a whole like. Uh, homo run homo of town. homosexual couples mean girls yeah as when god killed dinosaurs and the homosexuals right. and the homosexuals um <laughs> that's why but that you guys can tell us that story of how you because i would love to hear that, that from both of y'all it's always yeah it would be funny to get her here. side <laughs> yeah yeah hell yeah it's funny how it changes, um, you know? yeah no shit um and you're telling me I've experienced several episodes that way. Um, we're just witnessing just the two sides of the story. It's fun. Um, so but yeah, let's just um, let's jump into some some ponytails. Um, for people listening, this is the part of the episode um, we sh- usually conclude with this. It's when our guest gets to share, you know, their, their favorite, like, or not always just one, could be a couple, but th- their favorite, like, craziest, funniest most tragic uh most ludicrous biggest customer ish whatever story they're choosing we've heard a variety and it's always a blast i look forward to this part of the episode because this one like you really get like the funny like like and then this happened kind of story um so that's uh that's that's what this is hope you enjoy this is kate's ponytails all right I think I was going to share a couple, but that's a good point. I think you're right. It's getting a little late. So I do have one that's, that's mean, funny. It's your it's it's your call. It's your call. I mean, you know, I'm just. We'll see. We'll see where like, it goes. Shit. Okay. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. Um, I am still planning to go to work tomorrow. Uh, so. <laughs> 
hey, it's fine, book field, right? That's what I think yeah. whenever something like this happens. I'm like, I did it in the book field, it's fine. Um, <laughs> but so this is the probably one of the funniest things that had happened in the book field for me. Um, it was my third summer and my roommate was actually um, a part of my wedding too. Like she came to my wedding. Um, her name is Nicole and I hope she listens to these. I doubt she does. Um, she's not Ibrahim. She, she only sold one summer and it was this summer and it was in Louisiana. Um, Jake, um, Jake was there that summer as well. We had, you know, a handful of kids. Um, we had been working full-timing in Wisconsin together. And so we had this group come out and <laughs> Nicole Ibrahim, let me just paint this for you. Okay. She was from New York. Well, is from New York. Um, and, um, or is it Brooklyn? Somewhere, somewhere in New York. Anyway, she was like a baby when I met her. She just looked like a baby. She was <laughs> freshman in college. You know, she wanted, she loves animals. She's very bubbly, but very shy, but very just kind of obnoxious in your face of her personality, which is in a good way. And you were kind of like, oh my gosh, you're going to be a lot. And Jake had selected her. And so... Um, we're getting him and I were getting all the stuff set up and he's like, okay, Kate, you're going to, you know, room with Nicole. I'm like, okay, I can room with Nicole. I had met her once at mini sales school and she seemed really sweet and, um, her and I seemed to click pretty easily. And so I was like, yeah, I could, I could room with Nicole. Perfect. Let's do it. And then, <laughs> then we get to sales school, right? And I'm going to try and do this in order as best I can. Uh, but we get to sales school and she's an emotional wreck. Like just, she's going to be a lot or she's going to be an early champion, whichever comes first. That is <laughs> who she was going to be. Just an emotional shit show all the time. And so then he was definitely like that. Oh, he was like, okay, Kate, you definitely need to be her roommate. And she needs to be the only first year so that you can just tend to her. And I was it's like, going to okay. require full attention. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a big one. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And um, we had a good team that year too. Um, that was the year Luke's brother came out as well. And we had some, we had some good people on that squad. We were the, we were tenacity and our little emblem was the number 10, the emoji, the peach emoji. And then, the city emoji. So it was 10 ass city, but tenacity. <laughs> so um, it was fun. But, um, but so anyway, um, I was rooming with Nicole and we found an incredible HQ and, um, and uh, it was a husband and wife they had hosted before. They were wonderful. I still keep in contact with them. Um, he, uh, unfortunately they're no longer together, but the, the husband, he's amazing. He was super cool. And, you know, he has recently become a grandpa, which is super exciting. I still keep in contact with his sons, which were our host brothers. Um, and so anyway, the summer started, it was really hard for Nicole. And I'm telling you, Andres, I don't know what your experience is with first years, probably way more than me. But when I say this girl didn't want to sell books, is an understatement. I mean, every morning we woke up from the beginning, we would wake up and she would be 
hysterically crying. I don't want to go. Like, <laughs> I, I can't do this. Like, snot. Like, like, oh, do you know who Viola Davis is? Yes. Okay, you know her, like, crying scenes, how intense they are, and there's yeah, snot everywhere? Like, just, that is yeah. what Nicole looked like every fucking day. And I tell you, it was the most challenging roommate situation that I've ever been a part of in my entire life, not just in the book world, but like in my entire life. Um, and then she always slept with me at night too. Cause she was just like scared. We had our own huge room. The, these guys, this house, our host family, it was huge. Like had a waterfall on the pool. It was insane. And, but Nicole still like, she would come stay with me at night and it was fine. Like, you know, we, we just, uh, we needed each other cause it was emotional and all these things um but anyway like she was she was attached um and so just just so you know have you seen me notice like, have you noticed that i'm blopping in and out a lot oh like, yeah repeatedly is that me it's it no it's me it snowed here a ton today and i'm pretty sure that we're uh, like sporadically losing power like i'm assuming like some sort of tree or something must have fell on a power line oh my lights were flickering and that's spicy Oh, there it goes again. Yeah, you might be losing power. Wow. This is crazy. Yeah. This is we might it's have to have a to be continued. It's it's funny because like how I told you like before we started recording that there's a chance I might drop off, but this never happened in 204 episodes or maybe once or twice. It's happened more there's times. It's the first today for than everything. It's this is crazy. Um I'm not even doing anything. Like all of a sudden it just like goes out. <laughs> and my lights, my lights flicker like the whole room shuts in and it comes right back up. So like I'm assuming, but then I don't know how the Wi-Fi is still working. I'm not on Wi-Fi. I'm on wired. I'm on my wired connection. Oh, like Ethernet. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Anyway, I'm so sorry. I apologize for interrupting. Oh no, you're good. You're good. Um. Oh, Bubbly. do you want me to keep going? Oh yeah. Okay. Bubbly. So Nicole. here's the here's the deal. I'll keep coming in and out. So just don't let it be. But just just let just for a heads up, there might be like just keep going and yeah. then because normally i was still able to hear you but now i'm like it's like kicking me out of chrome entirely and i'm back so oh. but just go ahead and keeping keep you on your toes that's what it's doing it's working look at you you're on your toes right now yeah, we're book people we're just we're <laughs> just rolling with it let's do it um oh okay so so yeah it was like this every day one of the biggest times was when i was dropping out she was a walker too um and she starfished herself against my car right and she had done this multiple times and she actually i still blame her but my car door fell off for the amount of times that she would like slam the door because she was mad at me for leaving her and my car door would fall off like it fell off twice during that summer and it was her fault i still will say it's her fault she won't admit it but she also would get like snot all over my car and she just like oh it was bad but so she this one day in particular i dropped her off at this turf and it was like it wasn't big brick or anything, but it was, it was relatively a nice neighborhood, but I would say it was fairly, you know, middle income and just looked gritzy. But so she starfished and she's tall. She's like probably 5'10", 5'11". To me, that's tall. Um, and she starfished <laughs> herself and I had to get out because I tried to push her like with my feet. I was like, you know, and I tried to push her out. She wouldn't do it. So I got on the outside of the car and tried pulling her. And so eventually like kicked one of her, her hands and then I took the other hand and like karate chopped it and so that she only had two clinging and I eventually pried her off the car and I just like <laughs> plopped her in the grass and I said Nicole you have to do this 
And we can, again, if I come back, I can share another one because I did run over her foot at one point in the summer too. That was Jeez. bad. But, <laughs> but yeah, we'll, yeah, we might have to go over that at a different time. Um, just story for Bizzler. Yes. Yeah. Story for Bizzler. But so this particular time, so I, she's profusely crying, snots everywhere. My car is, you know, just drowning in snot and tears and boogers and just all these things some of her breakfast was in the car and then you know you could smell the fries because she would always have a burger and fries and she wouldn't eat them she would want them for when she got done with the day but so anyway (laughs) and then this girl i shit you not dude i drop her off in that state of mind every morning that's what it was like like clockwork every time it was about time to let her drop her off here they came but then she'd go out and she was i think she was top first year i mean she would just sell Right. And then she'd come back and be like, it was okay. I had a fun day. I met cool people. <laughs> and I was like, I hate you so much. And um, books. yeah. Well, so this one week, and this is the story now. This one week, she was having a really rough week and she was just sad. Right. We had a really rough PC. Um, she rarely talked. She, it took like probably three, four weeks in until she actually shared in a PC. Um, there was one point where I just stared at her. You know how you stare and make them talk? Yeah. yeah. I just stared <laughs> at her for 45 minutes, didn't say anything. She didn't say anything. She was very persistent about it. And then after she wanted to talk, and I was like, nope, that was your PC. So then the following week, she shared and like we broke down that wall. But anyway, so moving forward, this one week, she had a really hard week. And I was like, how can I cheer her up? And um, Corinne Hauser and I, had been talking about Jenna Rogers gave me this idea when I was a first year. She was talking about how some student leaders picked up their first years naked. And I was like, oh my God. and in my head, I later learned, <laughs> I later learned that Jenna Rogers had never done that before, nor did she know of anyone that had done that before. She just, I don't know why she said it, but in my head, like that's what that's what people do. So I was like, I can do that. And so I planned it all out. Nicole was a biker. I picked her up. I controlled the bike. You know, like I had to bring the bike with me and load it up. Also, it's like I can't unload and load a bike naked, and I can't pick her up in just a random spot, butt ass naked. Because I, I went, you know, I went full throttle on this. I everything was gone. I was only wearing a visor, and Corinne did it too. That was the plan. Corinne and I planned this, so she did it to her first year. I did it to mine. We both scarred them. Um, and if you ever get Corinne, you'll have to tell have her tell you because Harris, she scarred for the rest of her life she's a very quiet reserved girl and <laughs> yeah but anyway, that's hilarious so we were supposed to do it on the same day but anywho it's such a book had, person thing like <laughs> yeah we like coordinated it and so and then they would talk to each other about it but anyway um so and for I, people listening who are like oh my god it's not going to it's people nobody it's totally like it happens like it's oh, yeah, just yeah. The way it, it's yeah. part of the culture yeah weird yeah. but part of the culture yeah it's a very um fluid relationship with every book person to book person guy girl whoever Absolutely. we're all Absolutely. just love each other and we're all very open and comfortable with ourselves for the most part oh, so anyway, sometimes to a fault but yes. yeah sometimes to a fault and where it's like maybe toxic and unhealthy but i don't know um <laughs> i've never been in that boat i don't think sorry for bizzler <laughs> sorry for bizzler uh, but so here's the day of, and I have, I'm trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to do this? So I have a plan to where I pick her, I, I drop her off in place A, right? I'm just going to call it place A. And typically I pick her up at a family's house because she's been working in the same turf for this past week. 
And so, and then she leaves her bike there. And so I'm thinking of that because I'm like, okay, I can't pick her up at a house because that house is lit. And if people see me naked in a car, that could be a whole nother situation. So I was like, okay, I have to find maybe a, um, oh, did my ear pods die? I can still hear you fine. Oh, you're muted. You got muted because of the, because it dropped off. But I think I can unmute you or you can. Huh. Let me see. It's, yeah. My back? Oh, there it is. You're back. Yeah. I'm back. Okay. Yep. Let me fix one last thing because I can't hear you. <gasps> la, la, la. Or unless my now power I... went out. Okay. Oh, did okay. you get yours now? Okay. Yeah, I'm back. You were good. We're both good? Okay. Yep. Uh, okay. So I picked out a church. <laughs> as ironic as that is, I picked out a church to pick her up at because it was like the darkest and like no one was ever at this church i'd kind of scoped ever. it out at night yeah yeah so i kind of scoped it out and so i told her just these weird phrases i'm like hey i'm sorry Nicole, but like today i'm not gonna be able to pick up your bike you're gonna have to leave it at a house and have them meet me here at this church and i can't remember what uh like bs reason i gave her i said something about like i don't have enough time to get from my turf to that point so you have to go to this point instead so she's like, whatever, fine. And so she arranged that. And that was the plan. I was going to pick her up at this church, at, you know, this time after we were both done working, and it was going to be fine. So I finish up. I find a place where I can strip. Everything, I, like I said, everything was out. I was wearing a visor, and that was it. Um, what I didn't think about, um, and someone asked me after I did this, is that what if you would have gotten pulled over? I didn't think about that. Yeah. I did because that would have been something you know um but because there was some times where i was stopped at a light and i was like oh people can see into my car <laughs> let me just move this seatbelt over like clipboard here or something because i had like my pre-approach pad but so anyway i get to this church and dude when i tell you always have a plan b i didn't have a plan b i was and so what i didn't know is that I didn't know that this family was gonna be a family dropping her off at this church. And waiting for you. And waiting. So here's the thing, I call her and I get there and I see a car pull up and it's got his headlights on and it starts coming closer to me. I'm like, shit. So I like turn my car on, I drive away. (laughs) Cause it's like lit, right? Yeah, it could be seen. You will be seen. I'm like, oh shit, like now these people are gonna think I'm crazy. I hope that's even Nicole. So I call Nicole, I'm like, Nicole, is that you? She goes, yeah, what are you doing? Why are you driving away? I'm like, I'm just, I had a terrible day and I'm like having a really bad night and I just don't want like them to see that. Like, why are they coming closer to the car? And she's like, well, because like they want to make sure that I'm getting out safe, you know, and which makes sense. Which totally, yeah, checks out. Um, which then again, they are a random person letting a random door-to-door girl sit in their car and they're bringing them to a church to get dropped off by a random person. So it just, you know, but book field. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But so she, and I'm arguing with her because I'm like panicking. I'm like, these people are going to see me naked. And I heard like another noise in there. I was like, what if they have a kid in there? 
Um, and I heard voices like, hey, is this your friend? Like, is this the right color? She's like, yeah, it's her. I don't know why she's doing this though. Cause I kept driving away. They kept trying to follow me and like drive closer to me with their headlights. And I was just like, Whoa. oh my God. So, then, <laughs> then I park, right? And they follow again. And I see a guy getting out. I'm like, uh uh. And so I start backing up. And she's like, Kate, stop driving away. Like, it's freaking them out. I'm like, Nicole. I'm telling you, I'm crying a lot, and I just got done crying. I just don't want them to see it because I didn't want to tell her. It was like sure. the whole yeah, purpose like, was naked. to be a you surprise. You could be on speakerphone, yeah. yeah, yeah, and and yeah, and she had me on speakerphone, and I was like, or I couldn't, I didn't know if she did, but either way, I was trying to keep it hush hush, and I was like, Nicole, I really just don't want anyone to see me. Okay, please just tell them like that I'm having a hard day, and I don't want them to see me like this, and just come to the car, please. Like you know, this is me. It's me. I, and I was like waving my hand out. I was like, it's me. Um, you were safe, just come out. And she was fine with it. They wouldn't let her leave because they wanted to make her, she was safe. But she was like arguing with them and I was trying to get her to, you know, cooperate with me, what I needed. And so again, we just kept driving in circles, me and this car, because they kept trying to come and see me. And <laughs> they got closer and closer. And then eventually I was like, okay, fuck it. So I'm like, okay, Nicole, I am butt ass naked. You were having a really hard week. I just wanted to make you laugh. And she goes, you're what? I said, like, my cooch is out. And she said, seriously? I'm like, yes, everything is out. It was supposed to be funny. It was supposed to be a surprise. That's why I had you drop your, your bike off at this house. Like, they cannot see me. I am naked. And I know there's multiple people in there. I hear other voices. She goes, oh, my God, okay. Um, and so then I heard her make something up. I can't remember what she said. Um, but she, like, made this up to them. And she's like. Uh, my my roommate yeah she just had a really hard day and whatever else she said and so eventually they let her out <laughs> she comes waddling over to the car and she opens the door she goes oh my god you are naked I'm like I told you I'm <laughs> naked bro and I said get in here because the light is still on and they're still right there you should wait until they drove away I was like why do they gotta be so you know safe around you like you're fine it's fine like they should just leave. I'm naked. And then they tried so to like drive close funny, to us dude. to say goodbye and like wave goodbye. And I just drove away again. And she goes, they're going to think that this is so messed up and that you're probably going to like abduct me or something. I'm like, they wouldn't have dropped you off if they thought I was going to abduct you. But yeah, this is very sketchy. And that was terrible. And then I drove home naked. And um, <laughs> yeah. And then um, we got like stopped at a couple stop signs. Same thing. Cause we hit some red lights, but yeah, it was, it was something and I was, I, I'd never done anything like that before. And the fact that I did it for her, it made her laugh. Like she had a, listen, she had the best rest of the week, you know, so listen, it was good. We got a soundbite on our show now that says my cooch is out, which honestly, <laughs> of all the good things we've said this whole episode, honestly, yeah, top three. Yeah. Top yeah. It was. Three. Yeah, yeah, she was out. <laughs> and then that was the other thing. So I, after this, the whole like funny part too is I told Jenna that I did it. And she's like, Kate, I've never actually done that. I've never actually oh, heard of anyone doing that. I'm like, are you serious? Like, well, I did it and Corinne did it too. And she knew Corinne because she was a first year with me. But she goes, oh my God, you guys actually did it. Wow, I've never actually known. I'm like, what do you mean you've never heard of anyone doing it? You told me about this. I remember this from my first summer. And so then I just felt silly. But then, you know, that Sunday came, both Nicole and Harris walk out of the cars. And Harris is just like, 
avoiding Corinne and Nicole was kind of just like <laughs> shimmied over next to her and they were like talking amongst themselves and Corinne and I was like they also yes. just did yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all the first years heard about it and then Jake heard about it and because you know everyone starts talking and then eventually everyone knew that Corinne and I got naked for the first years and it was it was funny uh, she, hopefully, so. hopefully she had a better week afterwards. That's yeah. It. Oh part. yeah, they both had great weeks afterward. Well, I know Nicole did. Nicole ended. Up, that was like during. That was leading up towards um, like I want to win and things like that. And she ended up doing really well. She hit I want to win. So that was good. Hell yeah. Well, hey, yeah. if it works, it's only weird if it doesn't work. Yeah, and it works. And Nicole was at my wedding, so um, which is hilarious. She was yeah, in your wedding. Going, I've seen you or Cooter out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kucha's out. And yeah, she saw a lot because she would do this thing too at night. Like she'd want to talk about her day eventually, like after she warmed up, you know, and she, I'd be showering, you know, and she'd just open the curtain. Hey, I'm like, Nicole, because at first I was like, oh my God, dude, like I'm trying to shower. And she'd just stand there. So how was your day? <laughs> and Brutal. so eventually, eventually we just had conversations and she would just stand in the, sh- like next to the shower and talk to me. And I just be like, okay, this is what we're doing now. <laughs> So, yeah. That's a great funny tale. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we'll have... It takes we'll experience. Have yeah. It takes experience. <laughs> yeah. And I've never been in, naked in public. And I'm so thankful that I didn't get pulled over. No, no shit. We, yeah, that would have been bad. Because we do drive a little reckless in the book field, but... Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I, I most of the speeding tickets I've ever gotten were on the book field. So, yeah. that's bananas. But, oh my gosh that's yeah, that was a good fucking one. funny that's a great one that's yeah. a great one um we're gonna have to have you back with your wife girl yeah dude we'll have fun she's funny too she'll she'll probably have a good time she's td she's... so i can't even spell td <laughs> um they can't either that, Just oh kidding. shit Just kidding. <laughs> shots fire bro <laughs> She's throwing stones. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> hey, I mean, I, I've had a blast. Thank you so much for being on. It's Yeah, of course, dude. It was fun. This is great. Hey, and uh, I appreciate you like allowing me a space to ask it, maybe ignorant questions, probably ignorant questions. No, um, I mean, the fact that you ask sharing. them is what most people don't do anymore. So you should keep asking questions. If people don't want to answer, it's safe that's for their people to do so. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hey, no, just trying to learn, trying to understand, uh, you know, congrats on, uh, you know, making it from, you, you, you're literally one of the first people who could be like, started from the bottom. Now I'm here. Like, yeah. that's, that's your story. And it's inspiring. Um, I think you should tell it more. And I think, I mean, honestly, just, you can pick any part of what you do and it's just super interesting. So I, I really appreciate you sharing. Yeah, um, of course. It's a, it was, this felt like a wholesome Oh, like we were we were jumping around, but it felt like a wholesome. Like we got good, good uh, conversation about you know. Between, yeah, it was very um, oh, easy, so easy flowing. Yeah, and I'm gonna try to be in Nashville uh, sometime soon, so I'll hit you up and maybe if you drive up, and say come say hello. Have oh, a, yeah, for have sure. A, have some tequila that I won't. Just spill don't spill time. it everywhere. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, all right, everyone. My name is Andres Gamboa. Thank you so much for listening in. This has been the Ponytails Podcast, episode 204. We've been with Kate Dollar McCain, if you want to throw in the last name. Um, go find her on all the socials, Catherine or Kate, and then Dollar is D-U-L-L-A-R-D. Yes, sir. 
love it. Just making sure. Make sure you knew. Um, oh, peace yeah, out, everyone. Yeah. Sometimes I do forget. That's right. <laughs> uh, peace out, everyone. Love you lots. Bye. Right, bye, bye.